0: Log
1: Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Action Radio. This is Greg Pengloss coming to you from the historic district of downtown Milton on the banks of the beautiful Blackwater River. And now let's get into Action Radio. Well, we got another one of those days where nobody's here but me (laughs) and you you know um and and whoever else is going to be on, on live chat. we got the chat and we had cowman on live chat yesterday uh we had pianca on live chat then he called in and then uh and um cowman called in too and that was interesting that was very interesting um just just a, a sort of like a, a caution to folks if you're going to call if, you know, if you want to uh, bring up a topic and you want to call the show and you want to propose something, um, the best thing to do is to really be uh, organized and, and have your thoughts all together, because I guarantee you, I'm going to ask questions. Uh, I just do. And that's part of the show. And so this is, uh you know, Pianchi said at best that they, we have a really astute audience. We have a really bright group out here. Um, I get the best guests, the most intelligent guests. I get the, the most amazing people I can because I think you deserve it. And so I also think that those are the best I want to talk to. And so, so that's why. So, uh, you know, as everything needs practice, I need practice. Um, you know, people that come on the show and you host need practice. Everybody needs practice. So, uh, so that's something to think about um, if you want to present something or be a guest on the show is to, is to you know, think and, and just kind of work out stuff and be organized and uh, um, prepare, be ready. <laughs> As uh, Bill Fecky once said, you better know you you know, you know what, <laughs> you come on action radio. Um, so that's, that's, uh, that's that was, uh, anyway, um, we don't have guests again today. And it's everybody's busy. Stuff's going on. I got uh, you know friends with friends, and things are happening. And so we're, I've been rescheduling. But we have got some a couple of really exciting guests coming up uh, in the future. One I can tell you. One I can tell you about. One I can't just yet. And the one I can tell you about is Rebecca Hardy, who has been on the show uh, twice already. She heads up uh, Texans for Vaccine Choice. Let me open my calendar here. She'll be back. Uh, Thursday, the 13th of April. So she's, she's a couple of weeks away. So be, I want to talk to her about what's, uh, what's going on, uh, especially with, uh, with our vaccine bill. Now, uh, actually, she's been in some hearings. Dr. Robert Malone's been out there. I, I sent her the shows that we had, where we had Dr. Malone and Dr. McCullough. Um, and uh, it's, it's been interesting to catch up and see what's going on there. But there's a very interesting phenomenon. In fact, I'm at with Jeff Childers. I uh, talked to him about the Atlanta uh, Legal Conference. There's something I don't understand, um, I, I mean, I don't understand this a little bit. It's like the it, it reminds me of the expression you, know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. You know, we can lead people to the solutions. We can lead people to legislation. We can lead people to something that would uh, fix uh, a, an amazing problem and save uncounted lives. I mean, I don't even know how to how to even begin to try and measure how how much good the, uh, you know this would do, and yet they still. They don't do it. They don't share the show. They don't. uh, And this is from from just us regular folks all the way up to, you know, the top public officials in the country, including the president, Trump, you know, and I'm trying to get the message out. And it's just it's just not resonating. It's not going viral. One would think that uh, the fact that I have a a bill here at Action Radio, um, well, it's it's, it's kind of my bill uh, on vaccine product liability that would absolutely put vaccine product liability on big pharma. Where they would absolutely be responsible for their product, where they could be sued in court for billions and billions of dollars of death, of injury, of misinformation, misrepresentation, of fraud, of malpractice, of, of legal, you know, you name it, uh, just all kinds of civil actions against them. And yet, the national trial lawyers, who knows about the bill, because I've told them enough times, um... And yet a legal conference by people that I personally know, you know, uh, Steve Kirsch basically set this up and we have we've been in contact directly, you know, and yet <laughs> it doesn't happen. The bill is there. It's what? Two pages. It, well, I don't know. I've never printed it out, but it's it's basically, you know, one, you know, uh, like two screens of my computer. You just kind of scroll down. So at most it's two pages at most. Uh, this is not a big bill. And I'm going to talk about it more tomorrow because tomorrow is a two-year anniversary. Two-year anniversary of a bill that would have put full product liability on Big Pharma. Now, here's what I think will happen. When Big Pharma is faced with full product liability for these non-vaccine vaccines, the the non-safe and effective, dangerous, and injurious uh, products that they're pushing out there that they have no liability for now, Those products will be off the shelves within an hour. (laughs) There will be the most massive recall in world history of a medical um, product. Should we say, I don't know what to call it. I I really don't know what to call it. You know, the the, the gene jab, you know, the clot shot, call it what you will. Uh, It's dangerous and it's useless. It's bad enough it was dangerous, but it's not only dangerous, it's useless. And yet the propaganda campaign goes on. So if that product recall occurred, You know, any time in the last couple of years, a year ago, if our bill passed, six months ago, if our bill passed, a year and six months ago, well, let's say it passed three months after I wrote it and it went viral and the news started talking about it and the pollster said it was a good idea and the talk shows were talking and all these people were sharing this bill. Vaccine product liability, let's hold big pharma accountable, something that everybody wants to do. It's not that people don't want to do this. This is the part I don't understand. It's not that people don't want to hold big pharma accountable. They do. I remember back in the days when uh, when the insurance companies would delay treatment so that people would die so they wouldn't have to pay for uh, for treatments. Now it's just the opposite. Now everybody says, oh, you know, pharmaceutical companies, aren't they wonderful or whatever? Or at least, you know, we don't have that same skepticism, that same doubt. It's growing. Now people are starting to doubt again. It's like they, 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 they lost in the 80s. Nobody liked insurance. Nobody liked big pharma. Even Democrats hated big pharma. Then all of a sudden, they became uh, the, the, the servants of Big Pharma. Maybe it was the money that they spent in Congress. Anyway, for some reason, people, it seems to me, refuse to help themselves. And I haven't quite figured that out. We're going to talk about that tomorrow. Tomorrow is the two-year anniversary. Um, I'm going to have, hopefully, some people calling in. They might even call in today. You know, I've told a few friends of mine, hey, we're going to do a two-year anniversary special on vaccine product liability. Uh, that's going to be tomorrow. I also have uh, Cowgirl Candace is coming back. Uh, I think the park with well, our financial report is back. I'm not sure, but I don't, I don't want to do a third show where I'm the only person here, but I know Candace is back tomorrow, which is going to be good. She's got a story to tell too. Uh, so I'll let her tell the entire story because it's, it's quite a story. Um, so, so this is, this is the place you tell your stories. This is a place where, where things happen. This is where you can do uh, things that you can't do on virtually any other show. Now, back in my W E B Y days uh, about two weeks before, uh, the station was—it the, the, was finalized. It was bought out. And of course, the first thing they do was—you was, know—took me off the air. Uh, and it's interesting that I didn't do anything other than what I'd, I'd uh, agreed to do. My contract, you know, uh, with Action Radio, with, with uh, WBY, was to broadcast Action Radio one hour a day and two hours of—you know—the regular boring commercial drive time nonsense that everybody else does. Um, and that was okay. At least I got an hour. It was worth it. Okay, you know, I, I didn't mind. Um, now I mind. <laughs> now, I would never do that again. But I mean, at the time, my first job would be time. So yeah, why not, right? So near the end of uh, that, and of course I didn't know this was coming, back on, let me see if I get my date right here. I think it was uh, the end of June. So this would have been uh, looking at my, I got to check my schedule here for, for today's show. Well, anyway, it's not written down where I expected it to be written down. So the end of June, the end of June, I did a, a show with uh, Donna Stout. On, uh, on this. She's the, i see if I get it right, the Northwest Florida Gay Alliance. It's probably the wrong name. I'll, I'll, I'll get to it again when I uh, when we play the show in the second hour. But I thought this is really interesting because I think there's a fascinating split that is going to be accelerated by the murders uh, in Nashville, Tennessee, by an altered person. And uh, of course, the, the, the colloquial, the traditional term, not traditional, but the, the, uh, the modern day term is gender. Uh, I don't use that term because uh, it's meaningless. You cannot tra- you cannot transition from one sex to another. You can't. You can alter your body with surgery and with uh, drugs, uh, but as it turns out, the people do that with with a lot of times with disastrous results uh, of physical damage, of mental damage, of all kinds of other things. And you know, like I say, you look at the pictures of uh, the, the the female. As uh, she was a natural person, you know, started out, you know, happy face the whole bit. And then you see the the person that was trying to be a, a male, you know, and just looked terrible, depressed, horrible. You know, and we went over all the stuff yesterday, the, the the problems with the hormone blockers on the brain and the, 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 the drugs that totally destroy your body and mind. Um, with the treatments, the, the surgery that uh, permanently alter your body in ways that cannot be restored to where they were. And uh, these are permanent effects, especially if you do these on children which is the most evil of all, that I don't see any more um, altered people or what they're calling transgender have any relationship at all with the lesbian, gay, bisexual community. And so that's why I wanted to play this, this, uh, this show in, this, in the second hour today because I don't see – I think there's going to be a split. Uh, I think it's already started. I think it started actually years ago. But it's going to accelerate it. As the, the trans group gets more militant, you know, I was thinking of doing a show titled, you know, uh, tra- you know, transgenders, you know, the new brown shirts. Oh, I'm going to get trouble for that one. Uh, but in terms of a militant group, the, there's going to be the, the, what happens with this Day of Vengeance this weekend? Vengeance? What? Well, first of all, there, you know, there's no such thing as a civil right for people that have altered their bodies. That that doesn't exist. All right, uh, there's no civil rights for for. Uh, um, special groups you know you don't you don't uh you know you don't go through through surgery and drugs and then decide that you know you're a completely different person and that different person deserves special civil rights that's that's not how rights work rights are individual for everybody so in other words you can't discriminate on the race of everybody you know you can't do that you can't discriminate on 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 sex for everybody you know but the idea that you have special rights because you know uh, you're any, you know, because you're a race, because you're a, a sex, sexual orientation, or anything like that. That just doesn't. That's not how. That's how. Not how rights work. But as the trans group gets progressively more militant, and unfortunately, or tragically, may kill more people. You know, LGBT. You know, Q. I think Q is queer, which is an old derogatory term for for gay. So I think that that might get dropped too. But L, you know, LGBT is going to pretty soon be LGB, and then T is going to be a separate group. And this is going to be fascinating to watch. So I want to get so Donna Stout was the person that was on uh, back in 2018. So was see. So um, yeah, not quite not quite six years ago. So five and, and like three quarters years ago. So I want to see if I can find her again. It's been a while. A lot of people. Um, that that were Facebook friends of mine, you know, when the great purge happened, and the great purge was, uh, uh, oh, I don't know, it was, it was before it was before COVID, but when uh, when when disagreement became you know impossible, where you couldn't you know be friends with folks who who disagree with you, which which never made sense to me. You know, I lost a lot of friends, a lot of liberal friends. Uh, who just said, oh, I can't, you know, you, you disagree, you can't be friends. You know, Biden's the real president. Obama was a great president. You're a racist, you know, homophobe. Oh, please, give me a break. If you hear my shows? You see the stuff that I do? Yeah, right. Uh, but it doesn't mean I don't dis- disagree. You know, and like I say, it, it sounds cliched and, and horrible to say, you know, that I have a lot of great, gay friends, but I was in San Francisco. you you Unless you're, you know, living in a bubble, <laughs> you, you know, you're going to have gay friends. Uh, and they're going to have straight friends. It works both ways, right? And, and so, and we got along, you know, we got along with all the different races that were in San Francisco, all the different nationalities that were in San Francisco. There are hundreds of nationalities. You walk down the street in San Francisco, I used to take my daughter touring around there. And it was very easy to hear several different languages in the space of a few minutes. You could hear Russian, Spanish, uh, Chinese, Japanese, a um, bunch of different languages that were spoken, all kinds of but I guess Portuguese from Brazil, the European language is when the when the tourists go the tourists, all kinds of different ones. But I'm just talking about the, the locals, the, the native folks. I don't know if Armenian is a language, but uh, the folks from uh, Armenia who escaped the genocide after 1915 came to San Francisco. That's where rice came from. That's why it comes from San Francisco. It's, it's an Armenian uh, family rice recipe. You know, so so the uh, the natural diversity, the diversity before we knew it was diversity. It, it, that's fine. That's not San Francisco's problem. San Francisco's problem is Marxists and Marxism. But uh, you know, diversity—if I can use that word—if left alone, that's just fine in this country. We got along; nobody cared. You know, Um, I remember going on a cruise, and my first reaction was, "Shit, I've never been around so many white people." (laughs) Someone said to me, "But Greg, (laughs) you're—I actually said it out loud, right?" Someone said, "But Greg, you're white." I know, but I'm not not used to this. I'm, I'm used to being, you know, in a city. Um, that is that is every color you can think of. And I was perfectly happy. In fact, I was happier with that. Also I'm surrounded by like nothing but white people. I said, wait a minute, who do I talk about stuff? <laughs> anyway, that's another story. So so the point is that's my orientation. But that doesn't mean I don't disagree with certain things. Uh, I don't believe in the kind of marriage, nor do I believe the Supreme Court has the power to mandate it for the nation. Marriage is marriage. Man and a woman, sanctioned by God, licensed by the state. And you can talk to me about the state uh, at some point. But uh, that's what it is. So a union between two people of the same sex is not a marriage, because a, union, a marriage by definition is a union of people of, the, of uh, both sexes, man and uh, woman, male and female. And so, but, but does that mean that I think that people of the same sex should not be together? i
2: go for
3: it.
1: I don't care. Yeah. But as far as law goes, and in fact, uh, Mark Davis um, was a talk show, I think he still is a talk show host. I'm sorry, not was, but is a talk show host somewhere in Texas, Dallas maybe? explained it really well. He he says, and I had the same feeling too. Uh, he just really expressed it well. And he said that as far as individuals go, be individuals, be with who you want. If you want to have your own marriage ceremony, you want to create a ceremony or a church will, will sanction it. Okay, that's fine. But in language and in law, in language, the definition of marriage should not change. Uh, it should, because if you start changing the meaning of things, you lose meaning over time for what things are and what they mean. And of course, I think that's part of the purpose. And so, um, so marriage means, you know, a man and a woman, you know, sanctioned by God, licensed by the state. Uh, a union could be that broader term. So you don't even have to say a gay union, but if you're if you're in a union, you know, that's two people. Okay, well, uh, it could be two people uh, of different sexes, or it could be two people of the same sex, but you're not making, you're not taking over a word to do that. A union is a pretty general term, but you can apply a union and say, you know, we're in a union. Oh, okay, great. You know, is that binding legally? Well, if you make it that way, you know, And if you want to pass a law on unions, that's okay, too. That's a state prerogative. But as far as the transgender, I think there's going to be a big difference. I think that's, that's uh, because, because there is – I've got an article from Intellectual Takeout um, that intellectually, people who are lesbian, gay, or bisexual uh, who are not altered chemically or physically are completely different than people who are and call themselves transgender. That's going to be interesting. All right, let's get to the main topic. Main topic of the show is. Let me see if I can get my title back here and go back to my episode formation. Is the rule of law? Uh, They who control the law rule, and this is this is why Action Radio exists. You know, I've never liked that expression, the rule of law, because law doesn't rule. Law controls the government and it, it regulates the people. That's what law is. In fact, that an interesting discussion, what, that, that, I remember when a legal studies course I had in, in college, and the first question the professor asked is, what is the law? You know, not laws, but the law. Okay, well, the law is, is, is the limit that, you know, we place on ourselves individually and the limit that society puts on individuals and that, uh, you know, that we put on the government. And, you know, the government puts limits on us, and we put limits on the government through law. Well, who controls the law? Well, that's the big question. Okay, And so the rule of law, that expression is always use those in power because they want to use the law to control you in spite of the Bill of Rights, uh, in spite of the limitations of the Constitution. The federal government do- doesn't see any limitations. That's a, that's the biggest problem we have right now is that what they say is the rule by them because they think they are the law. You guys remember that? What is that movie? Um, da, 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 British film, da, 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 da. was it Rob Roy? No, uh, or one of those films. Is it was British, British from Jeremy Irons, is it Camelot? Yeah, I think it was Camelot. Uh, yeah, so first night, first night, um, Sean Connery, uh, Richard Gere, and Jeremy Irons. Not Jeremy Irons, no, the other, the other British guy <laughs> that always plays these parts. And he says, know this, as the guy invades and burns a village to the ground, right? Kills everybody, burns a village to the ground. Know this, that I am the law. Well, this is what these people are saying in Washington. I am the law. Merrick Garland says, I am the law. You know, and I can invade any house. I can, I can destroy anybody's life. I can take anybody's property. I can take any computer. I can do anything I want because I'm the law. What are you going to do about it? Mm. I don't care, right? That's what he says. Joe Biden, I am the law. I can limit the Second Amendment. I can limit anything I want. I am the law. I can assume the presidency illegally. I am the law. And this is what all these people are saying. They're saying, I am the law. Congress passes laws that they have no business passing. They have budgets that they have no business having. There's no rule of law. There's a rule of those in control. So where is the law? The law is non-existent. The law is being used by – look at the Patriot Act. What's the whole purpose of the Patriot Act? to spy on you illegally by the government. It's the government giving the government permission to do something the Constitution absolutely prohibits, but they're going to do it anyway. So that's the rule of law. So the, what's the difference between the rule of law and the rule of a monarch? The rule of a king, the rule of a despot, the rule of a totalitarian, the rule of a communist leader, the rule of any kind of leader. The whole point of rule. Let's look up a rule. Now that I think about it, let me get a working definition for rule. Go to my online dictionary, which is at best adequate. Uh, rule what is rule rule noun one of the lists uh, one of a set of explicit or understood regulations or principles governing conduct within a particular activity or sphere really a principle that operates within a particular sphere of knowledge you just repeated yourself dictionary a code of practice and discipline for religious order or community really control of or dominion over an area or people rule so the rule of law would be control or dominion over. By using the law. And here we go, the rule in parentheses, the normal or customary state of things. Okay. Really? <laughs> uh, then you have a strip of wood, Actually, is a rule, a verb. Let's get this one. Exercise ultimate power or authority over. Uh, there we go, now we're talking. <laughs> yeah. so, so so, the definition for rule is exercise ultimate power or authority over. So the rule of law is the ultimate power or authority over the people by those who can the law, because those who control the law rule, right? You know, oh, I can't do everything. I, I can't, I, I, you know, especially when when, when you hear oh, I can't do anything. Uh, uh, the government's too powerful. I can't, you know, writing letters doesn't work. All of a sudden, yeah, give me, go. I don't have time for you. I'm sorry. I just don't. I don't have time for you. Go ahead and sit in the corner and complain. You know, sob if you want. I, it doesn't matter. You're not helping the situation by saying oh, I give up. Nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to happen. Okay, go away from me. I got better things to do. <laughs> I, I really do. Um. But what we need to do is, is 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 change who has control over the law. Okay, I mean ultimately that's what action radio is all about. So this is really an action radio our definition hour. So my goal, um, when I say the rule of law is the expression that needs to go, um, because they who control the law it's supposed to be we the people. So it should be we the people who control the law rule, right? Okay. Well, that's just a, that's not just an expression. That's actually a question of our country and how it's supposed to run. The Constitution doesn't say, you know, the government under the rule of law subjugates the people. Does it? No. I mean, a lot of people in government would like it to, but it simply doesn't say that. Well, what does the Constitution say? Let's get the preamble here. That's why I want to go through the Declaration of Independence. We have a great founding documents. We just have to start using them. That's all. I'll turn my pages, page, page, page. Uh, here we go. The Constitution of the United States says, "We the people." Good start. Of the United States, of the United States. It doesn't say "We the people of the world." It Doesn't say "We the people with human rights." It says "We the people of the United States." The Constitution is from "We the people of the United States." Okay, that's why the Constitution doesn't apply to people who are not of the United States. So the only people who are of the United States are citizens and permanent residents. That's it. Everybody else is not of the United States. Get your own constitution. It says, in order to form a more perfect union, no idea what that means, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provi- not, not, uh, yeah, uh, provide for the common sense, promote the general welfare, okay, not, not guarantee general welfare, <laughs> you know, promote, okay, in other words, make things better for everybody, um, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, to ordain and establish this constitution for the United States of America. You know, there's no end clause there, by the way. There's no thing. Do ordain and established for the next 50 years, this Constitution, you know, or the next 100 years, or as long as we decide to enforce it. No. It's permanently ordained and established, and there's a process for that, too. So we the people have a solution from we the people to the states to the government, not from the federal government over the states, over the people. So in other words, what we have is the Constitution in reverse. I know we have the Second Amendment in reverse because I've talked about it enough times. The Second Amendment is in reverse because the government gets all the guns they want. They can carry them anywhere they want. They can have fully automatic weapons, flamethrowers, you know, uh, explosive devices. Look at it, look at move in Atlanta. Uh, I forgot the mayor blew up blew up a whole building, blew up a city block with an explosive dropped a helicopter. Look at Waco? Coming up on the 30th anniversary of Waco. Well, that's the rule of law. Those people disobeyed the law, therefore they they need to die. Really? That's the ultimate expression of government power. Yeah, pretty much. Because they think they have the rule of law. So it's not the rule of law. It's the law. We've got to drop that rule part. So anytime a politician says the rule of law, you know, I'm going to be in their face. (laughs) It's not the rule of law. We are not governed by the rule of law. The law does not rule. The people control in a republic. The people control the laws. Okay? And the way that we control the laws is through Uh, a republic which has components, right? It's got a legislature, it's got an executive, it's got a judiciary. They are under We the People. Again, uh, power flows down from people to the states, to the federal government. The federal government is the, the least powerful entity, supposedly. In a republic, the federal government is the least powerful. Why? Because they only have certain specific duties, most of which are defense, you know, highways and border patrol. That's pretty much it. <laughs> you know, if you want to break it down into the major components of the federal government in the Constitution, it's defense, highways, and border patrol. That's their job. Um, so, yeah, and then they, they totally got away from that. So, I don't know what you're doing this, but, but this, but I just think that this expression is wrong. So I thought I'd do what I usually do, which is go to other sources and see if I can find something relevant. Well, guess what? It's not a whole lot relevant because nobody writes about it. So once again, we're breaking new ground here, that the, the expression, the rule of law, is bogus. It's not the rule of law. It's the law itself. It's the control of law of those that the law is meant to control. That's really what it should say. So I'm just going along with this, and I, and I thought, uh, okay, well, this sounds kind of familiar, you know, the rule of law. Well, was my title here again. They who control the law rule. And I thought, you know what that sounds like? That sounds like the golden rule. You know, whoever has the gold makes the rules. <laughs> So I looked that up, too. That actually turned, So we're going to kind of start back about 10 minutes before the show this morning. How about the golden rule? You know, whoever has the gold makes the rules. And apparently there was a comic strip called uh, – or a cartoon called The Wizard of Id. And they had the wizard who was like Merlin, not the main character, but the king. And uh, one, of the, one of the famous uh, – I remember one of their, their great cartoons is, uh, is when, uh, when uh, one of the, the minions runs into the king. Sire, sire, the peasants are revolting. Says the king – they're disgusting, too. <laughs> you know. In, in other words, uh, revolting as in they engaging a revolt. And so the king didn't understand that. Many. He said, yeah, revolting, they're disgusting. And so that, that's the worst of it. But in this one, it says, I actually have the caption here. I'm, I'm going to post it after the show. Remember the golden rule. And, and then the crowd says, what's that? <laughs> you know, um, and then someone says, whoever has the gold makes the rules. So then let me quote my source here. Economic, sociology, and political economy. This is actually a serious Okay, the global community of academics, practitioners, and activists led by Dr. Oleg Komlik, O-M-L-I-K. I have no idea who this person is, but obviously he looks very, uh, he looks like Wilson, Woodrow Wilson, who was the, the epitome of of, of uh, early 1900s, you know, authoritarian uh, dictatorship, right? So Woodrow Wilson. He was actually president, president of Princeton University too, what does that tell you? From a leftist institution to running the country, not a good plan. Anyway. So the website is economic soci- or maybe the, yeah, Economic Sociology and Political Economy. And what do they have? The Wizard of Id. <laughs> Where do they get their wisdom for this particular thing? Cartoons. And actually cartoons are brilliant. Uh, I really I love cartoons. Cartoons are absolutely fabulous. And so there's some amazing things you can get from cartoons. I hear a weird noise. It looks like I'm still broadcasting. Okay, fine. Weird noises. So what it says about this cartoon, this sharp cartoon is from The Wizard of Id, a classic daily newspaper comic strip created by Brant Parker and Johnny Hart in 1964 to satirize modern American culture and politics. This is like a precursor to um, Dilbert. <laughs> this is this is like the ancient version of Dilbert, okay? So uh, it, it, it's very, very similar. Or Doonesbury, which is another good one. So the social commentary comics are always my favorites. Doonesbury, Wizard of Id, uh Dilbert and you know they're all they're all brilliant and of course now Ben Garrison uh, who is absolutely brilliant too anyway it says the strip deals with the goings-on of a rundown and oppressed shabby kingdom called id <laughs> isn't that not one of the the, the things from uh, uh who's the psychologist or psychiatrist the great Freud didn't Freud have the id the ego and the the, the, the super ego? so the wizard of id would be the wi- the wizard of uh you know, uh, of uh, component of your brain, the id. I thought, let's look up id. Okay, so where is it of id? See, they 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 miss that. There, they just oppressed press shabby kingdom called id. But I happen to know a little bit about Freud. Very little, in fact. Uh So id. Let's see what the id is. I, I think I need to find that out. Id. The id. What is id? Uh, a Muslim festival. That's a different one. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, the part of the mind in which innate, instinctive impulses and primary processes are manifest, compared to the ego and the super ego. See, I was right. I occasionally, I get this right. So the wizard of id is, is the wizard of innate, instinctive, and impulsive uh, impulses and primary processes. So in other words, it's the simplest, simplest world, very simple world, id. So the so the wizard of it was that it was like Merlin of, of your of your basic instincts. And so the king was, was reacting as kings normally do with, you know, power and control and things like that. Okay, so this is mostly concentrates on the court of a tyrannical dwarfish monarch. <laughs> it's like Farquhar. <laughs> Did you guys see Shrek? Right? So so this is basically this is this is where I'm sure Farquhar came from. So a little short little guy. A tyrannical, dwarfish monarch. Yeah, small man syndrome. Napoleon? Okay, anyway. Tyrannical, dwarfish monarch known only as the king, which refers to his subjects as idiots. In other words, id, the idiots, or the, the, the citizens of id. Okay, I wonder if that's where it comes from. It says, In some strips, the king is elected to his monarchical position, albeit through rigged ballots. Oh, that sounds familiar. <laughs> the, king also, uh, the king also run an inept army, perpetually at war with the Huns, while the unhappy overtaxed peasants, or idiots, make little money as farmers and stable hands to keep honest living. This sounds really familiar. <laughs> this sounds like life today. So you've got a king uh, who got there by a rigged election. Yeah, there we go. Uh, and it says the king also runs an inept army. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the Defense Department under Milley? Yeah. They've got uh, diversity books. Matt Gates pointed that out yesterday, the diversity books in school. Army proficiently at war with the Huns. That would be uh, Russia. <laughs> it would be the rest of the world. Have to be at war with somebody. Afghanistan, Iraq. You know, Korea, Vietnam, got to be a war somewhere. You know, it's just because that's that's what we do, right? We're a war. And so, well, the unhappy overtaxed peasants—that's us—or you know, idiots. I guess we're the idiots of it. Make little money. Yep, that's true. Uh, especially because of uh, big tech censorship on this radio show. Uh, that's the that's the biggest limit on my potential income right there. Um, make little money as farmers and stable hands yeah, and radio hosts. Okay, so anyway, that's pretty accurate. Actually, this is really accurate. So that's, so I should go back and read The Wizard of Id. So if you want to know what's going on today, why you have a rigged election, I have some diminutive figure, Brandon, pretending to be monarch, who has no justification for it, read The Wizard of Id. It's right there. So rule of law, what is it? Well, let me tell you what it's not. It's not what all these other sources are saying, but let's go over them anyway. Because I don't believe in the rule of law. I believe in the law, and I believe in the control of what the law is trying to control. And the law, the biggest controlling law is the Constitution. The Constitution was written to control the federal government, not to give it permission to do anything it wants except what it says in the Constitution. No, the Constitution says only what the federal government can do, and everything else is outside their uh, uh, outside their their purview, their law. So here's the source. Let me see if I can see where, I can, where The source is uh, the rule of law. Maybe just an article. I don't know where this comes? Oh, Writers Monthly. Here we go. So the Writers Monthly, well, that sounds very liberal, doesn't it? Rule of law. The rule of law is, is the idea that all people are subject to the law. No one is above it. So when they say all people, do they mean all government officials? You I mean, see, this is the thing. You know, Hillary Clinton, nobody's above the law. Okay, great. That includes her. <laughs> but she thinks she is above the law because she has the rule of law. See, the law, nobody's above the law, but certain people use the law to rule. And whether or not they're actually using the law properly or not, it doesn't matter. 'Cause they're in control. They're the monarch. They're 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 the, the they're the king of id. You know, the king of the of the, the most basic instincts, the most depraved, power hungry, you know, despots. They're the king of id. And we're the subjects of id, the idiots. Okay. Stop being an idiot. Start taking control. How do you take control? Well, it's very it's very simple. I say it every day. Share the show and share the bills. Tomorrow. Vaccine product liability. Big tech liability. A bill that gets rid of uh all your uh um Income withholding during the time you're earning your standard deduction, a bill that mandates that juries be instructed of their power to nullify uh, a case based on the fact that the law is unconstitutional that they're applying to it. Uh, all these other bills we have. We, you have EMP protection. We have a liquidity bill to handle all the the debts that are coming out now that so the COVID money or or when the COVID money stops. We have all kinds. Of, we have election integrity. Okay. We have bills all over the place. We're going to have a bill. Uh, fairly soon once, once I get it completed on uh, banning uh, drug advertising in the United States. We're gonna have, we have a bill uh, in the works that would uh, tax electric cars, you know, to make, the, to, to make them equitable with gasoline cars. All this stuff is out there. You know, I'll go and, I'm going to go over a lot of it tomorrow and in, in the succeeding days. But first of all, you have to get out of your head that the rule of law is a, is a viable uh, uh, and, a, and a, a valid concept because the rule of law is the problem. Because those who say the rule of law are always those who want to rule. The law is incidental. The law is is in the toolbox. The law is the mechanism. It's the rule that they're concerned with. And what we have to do is take away their power to rule and start using the laws. And how do we do that? We write them ourselves. I mean, this is what it comes down to. Action radio is about the whole basis of action radio. The whole reason that we are different from every other show on the planet where are different than every show that has ever been and probably going to be different than all other shows until they start copying us is that we have the technology and the opportunity for anybody to write a bill for something that they believe in to usually control government and take away their power that we the people these are laws that we the people consent to so the rule of law through action radio actually is the consent of the government because jefferson asked the question You know, or Jefferson made the statement, the Declaration of Independence, the just powers of government, not the rule of law. He never said that. Rule of law is not in our founding documents. This is a fairly new invention. I'll see if I can track it down. Well, they say it's in the Federalist Papers. I disagree. Uh, I got an article on that I was reading earlier. But uh, the rule of law is a new concept. It's not the rule of law. It's the consent of the governed that matters. So government does not operate by the rule of law. They operate by the consent of the governed. And we need to remind them of that. So Thomas Jefferson, I do this from memory. Thomas Jefferson in the Declaration of Independence said very clearly, the just powers of government, not the rule of law, the just powers of government come from the consent of the governed. But what he didn't do was finish it. He didn't complete the thought, which is how do the governed give their consent? That's us. How do we give our consent? That was the question I had to answer with Action Radio. Well, the consent of the governed, where's my mission statement? Uh, we the people. And so I can do it from memory now. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed, and have the power through juries to nullify the laws by which we do not consent to be governed. So there's your check and balance. Okay. The balance is, you know, we the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed. Okay. That's the consent part. Uh, and here's the here's the limitation. And we have the here's the check and balance. Here's the check. All right. We have the power through juries to nullify the laws by which we do not consent to be governed. Now, do I believe in a democracy? No. <laughs> I believe in a republic. Do I believe that the people can write any law they want? No, because people write stupid laws. You know, I want $50 an hour minimum wage. There's a lot of people who write a lot of stupid laws. So how do we get the good laws from all the laws that people are going to want to write? Very simply, through a legislature. So we elect, here's the check and balance, once again, a republic, right? Republics have checks and balances, have multiple processes, divide power so that nobody has a concentration or a monopoly on power. Unlike today where the deep state's ruling everything. They have the rule of law because they make up the laws and then they rule with them. They make up their own laws unjustly outside the Constitution and then use them to rule. And they tell you that there's a rule of law. There isn't. Laws were never intended to rule. They're not. Laws are intended to to control and govern, make specific things illegal. That's what laws do. Laws make things illegal. That's why you have laws. Well, that applies to everybody, because it says here, rule of law, the idea that all people are subject to the law, no one is above it. Okay, so does that make us subjects, or does that make us idiots? It's an interesting question. Are we subjects or idiots? So the idea that we are not subject to the law. No, we are citizens, sovereign citizens, who have to obey the law that we consent to, you know, as as a republic. It's going to get messy here. There's a a lot to think about here. Uh, Good morning, Marco. Netherlands has just checked in. And so, I uh, uh, so I hope he heard me. <laughs> I'm sure he did because listening, he listens live uh, over in the Netherlands here. But the rule of law is just a bogus concept. It really is because the, what it really mean, what we really should be uh, applied to, is those who, who think of themselves as rulers. The only people who say the rule of law are those who are, who think of themselves as rulers. So are we are we subject to the law? Well, we are responsible for obeying the law, but we are not subject. The law is not more powerful than the people. So the rule of law says that, uh, that we, the people, are subject. It just say right there, that all people are subject to the law. Well, that's not true. We're not subjects of to the law or of the law. That would mean we are subjects to those who control the law, and we're not. It's just the other, other way around. The people that are making the laws are actually subject to us, we, the people, through votes and, and as we get going here, through Action Radio. But I think this concept is so foreign, so... It's like people refuse – it's like they don't want the authority to, to give their consent to be governed. People are thinking, we can't do this. This is, this is unusual. Either it's habit. They haven't grown up with it. They're not conditioned to it. Uh, <laughs> of course, I heard you. Thank you. Um, they're not conditioned. It, uh, look, it's weird for me to be able to just talk right here in my cottage into a microphone, into a computer, and have a, a friend of mine in the Netherlands you know, immediately respond on live chat. That's just a little, you know, I didn't grow up with this kind of technology. So it's, this is, the, the, to be able to do this is, is, is in many ways a miracle and a blessing. And so I hope I, I live up to the, uh, the honor of being able to do what I do here. All right, let's keep going. So subject to the law. So who is really subject to the law? Well, the government is who is most subject to the law because the government are the subjects. We are the citizens. So they call them public servants for a reason. They serve us. So we the people, the way this is designed, are in charge. So why shouldn't we the people write the laws that we consent to be governed by? You would think that would be a natural extension of the founding principles that we started with. But I think people are so enamored with the founding principles that they refuse to use them. The founding fathers, they they didn't give us all these founding documents for us to sit on our butts and just read them and go, oh, it's really great. We're the freest country in the world. We got burgers. We got beer. We got football. We're free. Oh, go ahead. and Take your uh, – here's your mask, by the way. And uh, don't forget to get your, uh, you know, your daily vaccine. <laughs> and you think you're free? <laughs> you, just, you just defined your own tyranny. All right. Let's see what this article says from Writers Monthly. It uh, says, uh, all right, so here's one too. This is why I, I made this quote the other day uh, on Facebook about, uh, you know, why, why do all the illegal aliens have to leave no matter how long they've been here? Well, because nobody's above the law. Hillary Clinton said that. She says that all the time. Nobody's above the law. Okay, great. So send all the illegals home because they're not above the law. All right. The article says, and this is from March 29th, 2023. So this is, that's today. No, I found, was this written today? Jesus, funny. Uh, Okay. Well, let's let's find out. See if I can find another date for you here. Uh, Here we go. The rule of law can mean different things to different people. Well, that's not the rule of law, is it? It means different things to different people. Some acceptable, some not. Uh, it says, after reviewing several meanings, the, this writer chose a definition believed to be in line with how most people view it, the meaning. Oh, so in other words, so the rule of law is, is up to uh, uh, democratic vote. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, then it's not a rule, is it? You know, so uh, well, here's the thing. there's a difference between a democracy and a republic. The biggest difference being in a democracy, whatever the majority wants goes. If the majority, you know, if a lynch mob shows up at your door and wants to hang you uh, and they vote and the, and the majority wants that, then uh, you're guilty. You get hung you know, not hanged, <laughs> you know, you're, you're executed right there. Why? Cause the majority rule, that's a democracy, right? What's wrong with that? If a democracy wants, uh, you know, uh, all kinds of different things, you know, whatever they want, if they want everybody else's income, they get it. Cause the democr- cause majority rules. If the majority want the, the, if the, if the poorest majority, 51% of, of, of the, the lowest income, want 49% of the highest incomes money, they should have it right. Majority rule. Well, that's a democracy. In a republic, no. In a republic, you have due process. You have rights. You have individual rights defined in law, things that the government simply cannot do. And that's what they refuse to recognize. So the rule of law is not so much that, it's the consent of the governed. And the consent of the governed, I'm saying, in this progress in history, in this moment in history, in this time in history, advancing upon what the founding fathers created, that the consent of the governed shall be defined by me and hopefully everybody else, as many other people as possible. The consent of the governed means that we, the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed. So the source of laws, the source of the rule of law is actually the people because the people are actually writing the laws that we consent to be governed by. Not saying the laws we are governed by. See, there's a difference. I worded this very carefully for a reason. The reason I worded it, we the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed is that this is consent means agreed to. Okay. And and so once we've agreed to it, then what do we do? Well, then we send Now, Does that mean everybody agrees to every bill that I write or anybody else writes? No. That's why I have a legislature. But what we're saying is that the source of the laws is the people, us, we, the people ourselves write laws that, uh, that we as individuals consent to be governed by and submit to uh, legislatures to see if we, the people collectively also consent to be governed that way. That's how it works. So we the people individually write the laws, submit them to Action Radio because we're the only place you can do this, right? And then send them out, you know, uh, the only place, well, let me put it this way. There's a lot of people writing laws. There are different individuals, different groups, organizations that, that do this. But as a, as a, on a general scale, in terms of writing laws on, a, on an entire variety of subjects, uh, I think we're it, especially when tied directly to a radio show. I think we're unique in the world uh, at this time for being able to do this. So, and because I think we're the only, I'll teach anybody pretty much how to do this. Hey, unless you're a Marxist tyrant, you know, I want to write laws that are absolutely absurd. No, I'm not going to, I'm not going to show you how to do this, you know, But uh, or I'm not going to, I'm not going to help. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be part of my own destruction. That'd be stupid. But the idea that uh, we write the laws, we consent to be governed by, we submit them to the legislatures that we have consented to be in office. Collectively. We write the laws individually Submit them to the legislatures, which define collectively because they represent all the people, allegedly. Uh, And then those laws get duly passed. They go to an executive uh, who signs them. And once they've been through that process, uh, away they go. And then they're applied in cases uh, and they're checked. The check on the laws is the judicial system. And the primary check in the judicial system is the jury. So it's the juries, the second part. Of, of, our, of our mission statement. We, the people, give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed and have the power through juries to nullify the laws by which we do not consent to be governed. So what is the primary way of nullifying laws? Juries. Why juries? Uh, you know, juries are the, are, the, are the most important and the most powerful part of the judicial system. It's not the judges. They've, they've, so they've convinced you otherwise. See, so that's the rule of law. The judge says what the law is. The judge gets to interpret the law, right? No, of course not. Don't be stupid. You don't give judges the power to tell you what the law is. You read the law for yourself as an individual, as a citizen, a sovereign citizen with rights and knowledge of what, the, of, of what is just and good. And, and you have the Constitution to back you up of what the government can and can't do. That's how you judge the laws. The jury judges the laws. The jury – are you ready for this one? Judges the judges. <laughs> That's the real key. The jury needs to judge the judges. The judge should not be instructing the juries on what the law says. The jury should be instructing the judge on what the law says. Well, there's an interesting thought. The juries should run the trials. The judge is a representative of government, which is below we the people. The judge's job is to make sure that the Constitution is followed, that due process is followed, that evidence, all of it, properly presented even the stuff that makes the prosecution look bad, who also represent the government, by the way. So the problem with trials, with criminal trials, and, well, civil trials are different. You've got other issues there, but in criminal trials, you've got a judge who represents the government, and you've got a prosecutor who represents the government, and you've got a defense attorney who represents the client. you see a problem there? Okay. It's, it's two against one. <laughs> you know, so you've got two, you've got, you've got three components of a, of a criminal trial. A judge, a prosecutor and a, and a defense, okay? well, two of the three represent the government. Well, that's not right. <laughs> you know, so I'm not sure if we have an independent judge representing a third party or how we do it. Uh, maybe elected judges or something like that. but the the, the simple fact that the judge um, represents the government and the prosecutor also represents the government you know makes for an inherent conflict. and so now let's combine a judiciary let's combine a department of justice that has no use for law that just wants to rule. So they say they're using the rule of law, but what they're really saying is we rule, we control, you idiots, the nation of id. Okay? <laughs> and that's a problem. So this is just one article. So then it says the rule of law is a principle in which all persons, institutions, entities are accountable to laws. That would be government. These laws are publicly communicated, equally enforced, independently judged, and consistent with international human rights principles. If this is true, I ask What does America's track record look like? And the article goes on, the history of rule on America. Wait a minute, wait a minute. International human rights principles? No. No, 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 no. Because international human rights principles are diametrically opposed to individual rights. Human rights are group world government. uh, And they're not even rights. Human rights are not rights. Human rights are human equities. That's what they're talking about. So stop saying human rights. Start saying human equities, because that's what it really is. Equity is making sure everybody has the same thing by taking from those that have to those that don't. Mark said it best, from each according to their means, in other words, what you have, to each according to the needs, to what other people want. Well, people you want your income and your property. So somebody in Madagascar wants your house in, uh, in Atlanta, that's okay. That's a human right, right? It's a principle. Equity. That's a human equity. You know, The person in Madagascar has the same right to your house that you do. Why? Because we're all human beings. We're all people, right? That's what human rights say. And that's why there's no sense. Human rights is an oxymoron. Human equities is what they're talking about. So does the, is the Constitution compatible with human rights? No. Thank God. It's not. <laughs> the, the Constitution is compatible with individual rights, which are totally different, which are, are God-given to you. See, international human rights are defined by international law and international governments. In other words, global government. Well, you know what that means. Here, <laughs> anyway, History of Rule of Law in America. Back to the Writer's Monthly Magazine. Obviously, a leftist publication by their own admission by what they said about human rights. I mean, excuse me, human equities. They say, beginning with Reconstruction. Oh, that's right after the Civil War. Americans thought to fix the human rights part of the law it had indulged in during slavery. And who, who was responsible for slavery? Just to, just to clear the record, the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party was the Confederacy. Okay? So when the Democrat Party starts talking civil rights, uh, don't forget, they opposed civil rights. They created slavery. They were the party of segregation, the party of the KKK, the party of uh, Antifa, the party of Black Lives Matter, and now the party of the transgender, uh, dare I say it, brown shirts, <laughs> you know, the transgender, uh, revol- you know, revolt. And that's going on. So uh, these folks are militant. And, you know, Imagine killing people because they're Christian. Gee, what, that's never happened before in history, right?
0: <sighs>
1: Article says, we all know it failed miserably during that period, the Civil War. Slaves were not considered human beings. That's true. So the law did not apply to them. That was true, too. However, during Reconstruction, slaves became human beings, and many states set about correcting laws and treatment. Southern states could not live with that uh, correction. Not Southern states, Southern Democrats. And fought forcibly until the country allowed them to use Jim Crow laws, segregation, brought about by Democrats, to deny human rights and dignity to African Americans. Yeah, this is right of the UN Declaration of Human Rights, which is the UN control of equity. (laughs) All right. Let's Let's get another source here. I'm kind of bored with that one. The lawyers and jurists. Yet another source. Barristers, advocates, and legal consultants. It sounds British, actually. And maybe this is the British accent. Let's see if uh, my, my, my folks and my friend in, in the Netherlands can understand this rather pompous British accent that I have taken on at a particular time. History of the rule of law, lawyers and jurists website says Law Society Rule. The question of the purpose of the rule of law and how the boundaries should be drawn between moral judgment and the need to maintain a basic level of order within society has been asked over the centuries. Well, is that is that the definition? Moral judgment, in other words, the Bible. All right, what's the moral judgment of the Bible? Ten Commandments. Right. Okay, that's what they're talking about, I think. And the need to maintain a basic level of order. What is that? Well, that's why we're not. We don't have anarchy. Freedom is not anarchy. The absence of government is not freedom any more than the total government is freedom. It's not. You cannot have freedom with total government, and you can't have freedom with the complete absence of government. You need a certain amount of laws to protect life and property. And rights. Those are the three components: life, rights, and property. So if, if, the, if the, you don't have enough government to, pr- to protect your life, rights, and property, that means you have to protect it, which means you've got to walk around with an AK-47 all day. Well, it's anarchy. That's not, that's not, uh, that's not liberty because you're always on guard. All right. So let's take the other extreme, totalitarianism. Well, you're always on guard then too. You say the wrong thing, they line you up against the wall and shoot you. Okay. But, but uh, freedom is a lot closer to anarchy than it is to tyranny, a lot closer. We even have a chart on it, which I post on the show every day. So look at the slides. Look at We actually graphed liberty. We graphed where liberty is. It's basically uh, um, three-quarters on, on the right. So if you, if you want to break it, if you want to just imagine this, if you haven't seen our chart yet, but you should, look right on our, our slides. I put it on every day. We graph liberty. You've got freedom on the left axis. You've got tyranny uh, and anarchy on the bottom axis. So th- about three-quarters of the way across to, if you, to tyranny is li- And up on the freedom scale is, is is liberty. So liberty is the greatest amount of individual freedom possible between a balance between uh, liberty between anarchy and tyranny, with tyranny being far worse than anarchy, um, but not by much. <laughs> you know, uh, they're both bad. Um, that's why they're both at the bottom of the scale. In other words, there is zero freedom in anarchy and there is zero freedom in tyranny. The most freedom can be found with the minimum laws that will. Uh, uh, guarantee your your life, your your property, and uh, and your liberty, uh, and your excuse me, and your rights. That's what liberty is. Not what these people say it is. So let's get back to this this article. It says the moral judgment and the need to maintain a basic level of order within a society has been asked. What do you mean order within a society? That sounds totalitarian. So I don't think society uh, the job of society is to maintain order. It's actually to maintain individual rights. Now is that orderly? No. It's very complicated. You know, things happen. So if you want to maintain order, the only way to maintain order is to maintain control. The only way to maintain control is to use law as a ruler, as opposed to use law as a limitation on activities of individuals and government. It gets complicated. Then it says several different opinions uh, have emerged with varying degrees of agreement with the concept that the rule of law uh, is the law and we must obey it, regardless of how unjust rules may appear. Well, that's a bunch of nonsense. (laughs) (laughs) He <laughs> says, although the exact meaning of the rule of law has been interpreted in different ways by various different theorists, the very basic principle that the rule of law means that no individual is above the law seems to hold in all interpretations. See, the whole point of this, the problem is interpretations, okay? So why would, why would legislatures go to all the trouble to take a carefully defined law only to have a court interpret it completely differently? Well, see, that's the problem. See, the courts don't have the power to interpret. They say they do, but they really don't because to interpret is to change. If you interpret French into English, if you're a French interpreter, you know, or an English interpreter, and and you hear French and you translate French into English, you've changed it. You know, is the meaning the same? No, because every language has its own words, particular meanings, inflections, you know, shades of meaning, things like that. You can never translate directly from one language to another. Well, in the same way with law, you can never translate law through interpretations and have it come out the same. You can't. All you can do is read the law and use it as written. That's why the words are so critical in law. You always read the law as written. You don't read the law and then interpret it and uh, <laughs> and then make up what you want. Oh, uh, Marco in the Netherlands says cheerio. <laughs> Wait, he's leaving us for a bit? There we go. So, uh, yeah, let's, let's see your British accent there from the uh, Netherlands. All right. So what is the rule of law? This is, kind of, this is from lawyers and jurists. These are people that, that think they know what the law is, especially the lawyers. It says, before considering whether or not the rule of law consists merely of a body of rules, well, actually it does, <laughs> uh, or whether there is more to it, or more to the way in which the rule of law is applied, it's first necessary to consider exactly what is meant by the rule of law. Well, that's about as far as I'm going to go. Dicey was not, in fact, responsible for the birth of the rule of law, I I don't know who that is, but was instrumental in bringing it to the public arena for debate and consideration. He contended that the rule of law was made up of three key principles. Oh, this should be interesting. I haven't read all these articles. i got like six articles. I just threw them together at the last minute like I normally do. Firstly, that an individual has the freedom to act in any way he so wishes without punishment, provided it is not a breach of any law. That's not true. <laughs> this gives supremacy to the rule of law over any other arbitrary act of power that is not backed in law. No, an individual has the freedom to act in any way so long as they don't infringe uh, you know, on the rights of others. <laughs> you know, uh, so what they're saying is that the, the, the rights of others don't apply, but the law does. So if the law says you can do stuff, you can't. So that, that's how that's so the rule of law is really the control. So in other words, if uh, if you if, let's say the current topic, transgender civil rights, so there is no such thing because I believe that there's no um, that no no nobody can have special rights because of their group. That the rights have to apply to everybody, or they don't exist. But this person says that if, if they make a law that says that this is a right, that transgenders do have rights and uh, you know, uh, various other people have rights that uh, others don't have, then uh, if the law says so, then the law rules. Well, that's a bunch of nonsense. Let's take the next principle. Secondly, that no one is above the law, meaning that every subject, regardless of stature, uh, can be held accountable to the law and punished in the courts. What they're really saying is the courts are the law. <laughs> the courts rule. They're just saying that the courts rule, right? Thirdly, that the rule of law is based on the collective rights of all individuals. That's not true either. Law is based on the individual rights of all individuals. There's no such thing as a collective right. Then it says, essentially, this means that the courts will enforce individual rights on a collective basis to all subjects within its jurisdiction. That's a bunch of BS. Okay, so this article sucks. <laughs> Think about it. Wait Look at what it just said. This is, and this is lawyers and jurists. This is, this is, these are people that actually studied the law, and they came up with this total BS. This means that the courts will enforce individual rights on a collective basis. If they're saying in the sense that all rights are individual and everybody, has to, uh, everybody in government has to respect individual rights, yes. But I don't like the word collective because it usually means something else. What it means is that individual rights cannot be acted upon individually. They have to be acted upon collectively. That's the argument that's used that the Nas- that the Second Amendment only means to the National Guard uh, because that's a militia. But it's actually a government army. It's not a militia. So, yeah, let's uh, let's, let's leave this one for... This is definitely British. All right, let's take another one. Uh, I got a few minutes. I got a top of the hour coming up here. I'll take a little break before I get to... Uh, I'm having fun, though. <laughs> Hope you're having as much fun as I am listening to this. Um, but we'll see.
0: You
1: know, no calls yet, but uh, he's probably listening. Um, but... Uh, Anyway, so so the way I'm figuring this now, somewhere about next 15 minutes we be done with this rule of law stuff. Uh, I'll play my interview, and after that we can talk about third hour is going to be wide open. Britannica, oh my, we're back to Britannica. Rule of law, political philosophy. So the Encyclopaedia Britannica says rule of law: the mechanism, process, institution, practice, or norm. It's the equality of all citizens before the law. Secures a non-arbitrary form of government, and more generally prevents the arbitrary use of power. Hmm, pretty good so far. Arbitrariness is typical of various forms of despotism, absolutism, authoritarianism, totalitarianism, and the deep state. Well, okay, I added the deep state part. <laughs> that was me. But yeah, that's it. So, so, so the biggest problems of government are the arbitrary use of power. In other words, the government says that what they do is covered by law and the rule of law. So in other words, the government says because they do it, it must be legal. What, that was Nixon's problem. Nixon said if the president does it, it's legal. Well, that, they beheaded Charles I for saying the same thing. If the king does it, you know, it's okay because the king is God's representative. The king is like God, divine right of kings. If the king says it, it must be right. So the law ruled because the ruler made up the law. Well, that's just happening in government today. The government today said that we can take over the government for President Trump. We can take on <laughs> you know it's about the the, the the kingdom of id, the wizard of id. <laughs> you know. So the id, the the chief idiot, you know, has been installed in the White House, the government has picked the government, they picked all the policies that totally suck, to give them more power and more and more money, make life miserable for the rest of us, he illegally taken it, stolen our government, and said that uh, that the rule of law applies. Well what rule? The rule is it's like uh, you know, what's the golden rule? He who has the gold makes the rules. The rule of law those who are empowered to make laws rule <laughs> okay what I'm saying is that, that shouldn't be the government it should be the people anyway it says despotic governments is back to the Britannica include even highly institutionalized forms of rule in which the entity at the apex of the power structure such as the king a junta or a party committee or I would add the deep state is capable of acting without the constraint of law when it wishes to do so absolutely I think Britannica is right on here let's talk about this again let's talk about this in terms of the government um, back after the November 2020 election. Despotic governments, which we are now under, uh, include even highly institutionalized forms of rule in which the entity at the apex, yeah, it's pretty, the government, the, the federal government is pretty highly institutionalized. In uh, fact, there are many institutions, many bureaucracies, many, uh, a long tradition of, of subjugating people uh, and making up their own rules. Highly, so back to the definition, highly institutionalized forms of rule in which the entity at the apex uh, of the power structure, of course, that would be Obama ruling the king, a junta, or a party committee, uh, that would be Obama and his secret government, there we go, Hillary Clinton, Susan Rice, the rest of them, uh, is capable of acting without the constraint of law, yes they do, when it wishes to do so, which they do. Ideas about the rule, this is back to the article, ideas about the rule of law have been central to political and legal thought since at least the 4th century B.C., when Aristotle distinguished the rule of law from that of any individual. There well, we go. In the 18th century, the French political philosopher Montu, well, I'm not as familiar with, probably elaborated a doctrine of the rule of law that contrasted the legitimate authority of monarchs with the caprice of despots. It has since profoundly influenced Western liberal thought. Hmm. Not being a Western liberal. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. But let's, let's, let's sort of go through that again. So Aristotle, and this is something that, that, that uh, I'm going to follow up on this article. Aristotle distinguished the rule of law from that individual. So not individuals, the law itself is, 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 the, is the authority source. But it's not the rule of law. It's that the law is, is, is the controlling force over whatever the law says to control. Not that people who want to rule make up the laws that they want. So this is, is a huge difference. Compe- Article says: In general, the rule of law applies that the creation of laws, their enforcement, and the relationships among legal rules are themselves legally regulated. That makes sense. That would be by the, so. In our state, that's be by a constitution. So, so, the creation of laws, which is supposed to be by elected representatives, right? Their enforcement, which is supposed to be by uh, law enforcement, local law enforcement, all the way up to the president, uh, and the relationships among legal rules. I guess that's what the judiciary sorts out, are themselves legal, legally regulated. So in other words, the only legitimate rule of law, the rule of law also regulates those who would uh, rule and those who would use the law. So the rule of law only really rules those who use the laws. That's the rule of law. The laws themselves are independent. So whether there's a rule of law or not, the laws themselves obey the laws that are duly passed and that are constitutional. Because ultimately, those laws were passed by we, the people, through our elected representatives, ideally, unless the election was stolen. But forget that. Let's just talk about the fact that it should be a situation where the laws that we consented through our elected representatives uh, rule the, are, are the laws that we, uh, we are constrained by. Makes sense. I know it's fine definitions, but that's, it's the deep make all the difference especially when politicians talk about the rule of law, and you're like, no, that's not quite true. You don't have the power to rule. You don't have power to control to rule mm-hmm. using the law. What you do is is they, their responsibility is to obey the law. The ultimate responsibility of anybody in government is to obey the law. Right? So that's a closely related notion is the idea before the law, not equity, equality, big difference, right? which holds that no legal person shall enjoy privileges that are not extended to all, and that no person shall be immune from legal sanctions. Aha, this is really important. Thus, a closely related notion is the idea of equality before the law, which holds that no legal person, I'm not sure what they mean by legal, it's in quotation marks, shall enjoy privileges that are not extended to all. So LGBTQ, you know, uh, you know, an affirmative action, um, Minority grants, you know, contract stuff, any any privilege that any uh, gets um, separate from everybody is not legal under the law. That's not equality. So, 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 so this I believe in this notion, absolutely do that. No legal. I, don't know, I gotta, uh, I gotta pop up bad software thing that uh, occasionally rears my head. Let's get rid of that. put that in the trash. Hang on a second. going keep my computer clean of those awful things. There we go, gone. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, So this makes a lot of sense. Legal person shall enjoy the privileges that are not extended to all. We see this problem privilege. We have the privileges and immunity section, the 14th Amendment. That's what it's for. Uh, No person shall be immune from legal sanctions. Well, that would be Brandon in the White House who's illegally occupying it uh, is not immune from the fact that he is uh, probably the leader of a coup if he knows what's going on. Question. Can you convict Brandon of coup if he doesn't know that he actually committed one? If his mental incapacity is so reduced that he has no idea that he actually believes in all his heart that he won the election, that's impossible. Right? There's no way that that Brandon would ever have beaten Trump, even on his best days. Uh, But if he actually believes that, can you convict him of a coup? I don't know. That's not the point. The real point is he has to get out of office because he didn't win, and we need to stop the people that are using him to control the country. Look how bad it is. Those, you know, those that seek control are probably able to. A good uh, good life for for this country. Those that want control suck at what they do. Uh, Trump does not want control. He's trying to reduce the the power of government to control, and we had our best situation in decades. Our best lives in the United States were from the person who wanted the least control over the people. Article says in addition, the application and adjudication of legal rules by various governing officials are pretty impartial and consistent across the. Courses. Well, so much for January made blindly without taking into consideration the class, status, or relative power among the disputants, in other words, what party they belong to, <laughs> or the Trump supporters, uh, in order for those ideas to have any real purchase. Moreover, there should be in place some legal apparatus for compelling officials to submit to the law. Yeah, there is. It's called the Constitution. But what the Constitution doesn't have is penalties. It's a really interesting article. I wonder if I want to do more take a break. I'm going to hold up here. This is kinda of cool. Uh, you do too much on one thing you get bored. <laughs> I, don't, I don't do that. So tell us uh, it's now 808. eight oh eight. Eight oh eight. maybe I'll come back to this. Maybe I'll just do this the whole day. Break. Play a couple things and I'll come back with uh with an interview for you. I think you're gonna find really fascinating. So let's now? So eight oh eight, uh that's central time. Um uh, which order am I doing things today? I, I usually go back to front of my ads just so that you uh You guys don't get bored either. Uh, Back in a little bit. This is Greg Penglis for Strikeforce, your source for pure energy. Strikeforce is a concentrated energy drink that turns a half liter of your favorite beverage into an energy drink. You make your energy drink yourself. Action Radio is an affiliate of Strikeforce, so our listeners get a 20% discount. All you do is add our code, W-Y-L to the discount code window at checkout W-Y-L comes from our website Write Your Laws so you can get your energy drink a 20% discount and help Action Radio change the relationship of we the people to our government not bad Strikeforce is at strikeforceenergy.com that's strikeforceenergy.com start your engines From Addiction to Achievement, that is the story of Mike Lindell. It started with MyPillow and now goes to my coffee. Action Radio is proud to be an affiliate of MyPillow. Our discount code is the same for all our product affiliates, W-Y-L, which stands for Write Your Laws. MyPillow pillows are guaranteed the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own. Action Radio, live. Action Radio. Part of the ADHD Radio Network. The ultimate free speech zone. We the people give our consent to be governed. Through writing the laws by which we are governed in Action Radio. All
4: right, 812, 8-12, we
1: are back. And uh, it used to take about four minutes, that seems enough. A um, lot of stuff to do. I got to check a couple of messages. Things are happening. got friends to get back to you after the show. It, it never stops. <laughs> it's just like an ongoing process. So, uh, so things are, are quite fascinating. Um, so what I want to do now is playing an interview that I did back in. This is one of my. Uh, well, actually, I got a call here. Let's uh, let me check out my call first of all. I think I know who this is. So let me just do a real quick check here. Like I'm almost positive. It's really great timing if this is who I think it is. So just give me a quick second here as I'm scrolling through. Uh, yeah, thought so. The one and only. Here we go. Make our line live. And there it goes, Dr. Judy Mikevitz. Welcome back to Action Radio. How you doing?
5: Good morning, Greg. I'm doing fine. I just don't know what time it is in any particular zone.
1: Well, don't worry about it. You're live, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's about uh, 8.13 here <laughs> central time. Where are Where are you? What What are you working on?
5: I'm in Nashville. I'm working on Truth About Cancer, Remedy, their, their final, uh, one of their final movies, showing all the remedies for all this Um uh, I don't know what you call it, pandemic uh, plague of corruption for medical mafia. Remedies.
1: You know, I got a, I got a question for you that, um, because we're coming up tomorrow on the anniversary of our bill, Vaccine Product Liability, and I do not understand. Uh, you're probably the most prominent public figure that is actively promoting this bill. Uh, you know that this would change everything. Uh, I believe that this would, be a, uh, would cause a massive recall Uh, As soon as Big Pharma is responsible for what they're producing, those vaccines, those non-vaccine vaccines, those jabs will be off the shelves within an hour. (laughs) And so I'm thinking, how many lives could we have saved with this bill? And yet people know that they they don't like Big Pharma. They know they want vaccine product liability. We have a bill that actually does that very simply by changing shall not be liable to shall be fully liable. It's the easiest bill to understand. And yet there's this reluctance by major public figures. Uh, and I've had some major doctors I've had on the show, politicians, Trump, officials you know, and yet it doesn't get out there. Judy, what am I missing? What What, what is this 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 uh, reluctance to do something that they know is the right thing to do, but they don't do it anyways. It's just because it's so different It's because it's never been done before. They think it's too simple. I don't get it. <laughs> Help me out here.
5: <laughs> well, I actually think um, it, it's more than that. It's that. The, the cognitive oh. dissonance I don't think people really believe um, the the damage that these shots are doing. In fact, I was um, we were talking about this last night at dinner here in Nashville, and obviously uh-huh. there were these the shootings. Some um, you know the hate crime of shooting Christians or people that disagree with. Let's just say shooting their children or injecting mm-hmm. poison against their God. You know, there's there's only one God, and it's not you is is the law of the universe. And and it, and I mean, and it's not Tony Fauci and, and anyone else. So I don't mm-hmm. think people really appreciate that in 1986. You know, all liability was removed from essentially all their products, not just these shots, because when you when you look at the FDA, another criminal organization, all they are is preventing medicine from getting to them and allowing it to be turned into poison. They prevent nutrition and, and food and they poison us with glyphosate. You know, five years ago, it was proved that glyphosate caused cancer. And, and and yet it's still poisoning us every single day. And the FDA just looks the other way. I don't think people understand. So I was watching, we were watching the TV last night. Um, Tucker actually was saying exactly that. This is a hate crime. Um, the president of the United States is laughing because they shot Christian nine-year-olds for being Christians, for believing a God other than Fauci for believing that there's one God and it's not you. So so these people are bowing down to a cult of scientism. And another reporter on the show said, show me one law that would change all the shootings. You know what it is? The 1986 Act. The law, the bill in your hands. That will change everything. every mm-hmm. one of these shooters are either on drugs that are not are poisoned because of the damage done to our children by these shots. These shots are causing these shootings. We know adam lanza the, who's at sandy Hook um, mm-hmm. you know was had chronic Lyme disease that's Vaccine AIDS, the Borrelia is right in the spike protein. It's right in front of you. Everything they've done, is is, that's the science they don't want you to see. They don't want you to see this cult that, that our doctors and nurses have been forced into. And it's not easy to get out of a cult, as you know. They're killing us. Now they're killing the Christian children if their parents won't bow down and the killers are openly saying it the tv has a gun saying we'll kill the christians first it was give them the shots force them to have the shots force parents to to, to keep their jobs to, to inject poison in their children knowing they're the mo- they're, they're they're at no risk of the, of these You know, childhood diseases we used to celebrate with parties and take turns boosting grandparents with natural immunity. Nobody knows. So the one bill that will change everything, no gun control, shot control, hashtag stop all the shots, what we've been fighting for, you know, for decades knowing the poison, knowing the corruption at all levels in the kangaroo court. Maybe if they knew they were paying 75 cent tax, you know, on every single shot and only 59 for for. Injuries caused by those shots, you know, $5 billion. And the court just simply closed the door in 2020. Now they're not hearing any of the cases. Why? Because the, when they can prove the liability and the, and, they, and the court kicks it out, a vaccine court, then they mm-hmm. can sue the manufacturers. So there's going to be this avalanche. They don't want us to know. They have to inflict as much damage as they can. And, and they just... They, I hope that, that this shooting in Nashville and what, how the shame of the news media that are laughing at, in, at nine-year-olds and, and innocent grandparents and administrators being mu- murdered when they were told, they were targeted. There's a manifesto that says exactly why they were going to kill them, a, a text, and yet all we hear is gun control. No shot control. It's over. Fill out the bill, folks. You can do something to stop these school shootings. The rightyourlaws dot com shall be held fully liable. Not shall not. And shall means will, and every cowardly attorney general and sheriff in this country can go round up. And that means every single doctor, every single pharmacist, every single drugstore clerk, every single employer who puts a mask or shoots one one of their employers is their job. That's against our constitution. That's what we're here for. We the people can change it. We the people are the only ones that ever could. Now they're murdering Christian children. Is that okay? No, it's not okay.
1: Wow. There's, there's so much in what's going on here, but why, you know, you um, but why why don't the lawyers get it? I you uh, think the lawyers would want the billion dollars of settlements? Let's look at it from just a purely profit motive. They don't even want that. They, they're not even looking to to get full liability and everybody else's liability. I use the example of my local donut shop, which happens to be very good, by the way. But I don't, I, I, I choose not to <laughs> because they're not the healthiest. But in other words, but but they have more liability. You know, your local mechanic has more liability than me, than Pfizer does. That's irrational to me, and the lawyers don't seem to. They don't get it. But they don't want to. They, you know, you can lead them to water, to. but you they're can't make them drink. They're being paid
5: a lot of money. They're being to paid an him? awful lot of money. She, huh. Absolutely. Look at these okay. hospitals that are murdering people. It's right, right there. You know, mm. It's right there. Yeah. They're murdering people. What, they just built a new wing in Sarasota? Uh, they're they're laughing about the billions they're taking in for murdering For murdering, stole his retirement. We've heard Catherine right. Austin bits. Yeah. Oh, we just lowered... The, you know, we lowered the life expectancy from 80, you know, five years ago, ten years ago, from 80 mm-hmm. years old and 79 respectively. Now it's 77 and 76. Oh wait a minute! And then you can't get your Social Security or your retirement at at 62 or 65 like you used to. Now it's uh, now now it's 75 and 80. They spent your money. So they killed you, took it away, created more, wrote trillions, sent it over to the Ukraine. I mean, if, if people don't understand what's going on when, and, and they can stand there and watch somebody innocent shoot, tell you they're going to shoot them, that's premeditated capital murder. This is what Fauci's done. He's told you, Biden, he's told you, we're going to kill you, you know, and that's exactly what they've done. And everybody just looks the other way. And nobody does anything. And, you know, that's, that's where we are. It's a holocaust. It's a genocide. But the next yeah. person is, 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 could be you. And, and that's where we all have to stand. Nobody's taking our guns. We're, I'm not giving up my shot. We're going to change that law. Never again are they going to shoot our children with these poisons. It's worse than any gun there is. Their lives are over instantly sudden adult death, sudden infant death. It's not sudden at all. It was planned. And that's what I'm doing around the country, showing you how every single base pair in that manufactured RNA, it's not of God. It's not little m. It's not a messenger RNA. It's a manufactured and not a single shot has been tested according to that 1986 federal law, which falls right on the Health and Human Services. Not a single safety test. All the shots are responsible for all of the school shootings. Everyone you can link to the drugs, to the drug explosion, to the drugs they're giving to um, as they injure our kids. Ritalin, you know, these black box drugs. As they drove, as they paused the autism epidemic as a cause the epidemic of chronic disease. Now they're just allowing you to shoot the people who who are the Christians who don't who believe there's only one God and it's not Fauci. And this is what look at the T V. Why we're all not sitting there in horror when, when when the President of the United States is laughing because they killed Christians. Okay, folks, you got it.
1: Wow. Um, I've been calling it Frankenstein medicine, this whole uh, the, this ridiculous thing when they call it gender-affirming. It's nothing gender-affirming. It's actually gender-reversing or trying to, which can't be done. But my question, uh, I've got a couple of questions, actually. They're not God.
0: Um, you gender and yeah,
5: gender.
1: Exactly. Is there any other law other than the one that we have here at Action Re- that would reverse this situation and actually put full product liability back onto uh, big pharma? Is anything else out there?
5: Absolutely nothing else out there that is that simple, because that hmm. is the law. That is the law that took away everything. There is no nope. other law, and it's so easy.
1: But I mean, but our but our law, the ones that we're proposing here, a vaccine product, uh, a yeah. full product liability. So that's that's it. And no one else is. To, to, how about it. the conferences? How do you talk to the, the lawyers? Is anybody else interested in actually doing something? Or are they more I – I did a show a couple well, of days ago, you know, raising complaining to an art form. It's like they're more interested in complaining. I get videos all the time of information I already know. I don't need that. I need people that are willing to do something.
5: Right, right. Um, and, <laughs> and, you know, we, we've tried to do something. You know, Andy mm-hmm. Wakefield, the movie, 1986, The Act. So your mm-hmm. audience can get it at 1986theat.com, download it. It's been out now for three three years, I'm sure. Um, yeah. Mike Hugo, Barbara Lowe Fisher, they they participating in writing that log all the way back in 1984. You know, a shot in the dark. Candace Owens, the last few years, you know, r- r- bringing that. You know, institutional memory back. Yeah, a shot in the dark. Watch that movie and see the criminalization. How that law, by Fauci, primarily by your U.S. government, have have uh, uh, ignored it. Ignored the laws that put the safety in place. So recognizing that they they stated it: vaccines are unavoidably unsafe. Somebody has to be has to die. There has to be one bullet in that chamber we've been playing russian roulette for decades and then it became five bullets in the chamber so when it was five bullets in the chamber because the because the vaccines of the law had never been obeyed it's mm-hmm. all over so how about Mike Hugo? we've been trying everybody says no let's amend the law we just can't take it all away for me Here that's just <laughs> because it's money that's <laughs> yeah. yeah we can but they Here don't want can. to that's what yeah. we want to say to Rand Paul and Ron Johnson. You asked for it. We don't care about where the viruses came from. If mm-hmm. you don't infect by injection, you can't release them from China. They were injected. COVID was injected around the world, starting in Italy in flu vaccines. We've talked about this with, with um, John Cullen. For the last years, we've shown you this. People don't mm-hmm. want to know because their their pocketbooks are lined. We went to we went to the Washington D.C. The Press Club to Congress, March 31st, 2017, mm-hmm. and Bobby Kennedy, Dr. Schweiner, me, Jack, Dr. Jack Lyonsweiler, Dr. Um, Paul Thomas, um, every advocacy group, Dell Big Tree, um, every advocacy to 2017. You know, Mickey Willis wasn't even the picture. Dr. Tony Bark, you know, all kinds of doctors, Dr. Suzanne Humphreys, people who have been fighting vaccine injury, um, children's health defense. Alex Mayer, I remember, was in the room. We were in Washington, D.C. We went two by two, whatever we could get, delegates to go to our own Congress, to go to everywhere. We finally sat down at a round table um, with Jason Chavez, who was then – House Ways and Means Committee, I think, chair, and showed him all the data and showed him how the National Vaccine Injury Act had to go away, how that law had to be changed. We showed him all the data of all the injury costing our country, the explosion of chronic disease that crippled our economy. You know, one in 40 or whatever at the time, um, kids with autism or brain disease, psychosis. That's what these shooters are. Lyme disease is, is neuroborreliosis, it's psychosis, and it's coming directly from the shots. It's not, the vector is not the tick, you know, just flying. The, the vector is the injection because there's cow blood and pig blood and everything else in these shots, and they've never been tested, and they've never been cleaned up, and they can't deny it because the Informed Consent Action Network um, mm-hmm. did Freedom of Information Act to prove not a single safety study had ever been done. So right there in 2017, we were begging our Congress for help. Who gets them elected? Big Pharma. Jason Chavez sat there and said he would help us and he would do his job. You know what Mm -hmm. he did? Retired. Retired. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, and now uh, he sits
5: on now he sits on news and pretends like he doesn't know it's money. They're all being paid in one in some way. Every single one of them is responsible for the person who pulled the trigger. You know, and who are they making pay? Oh, Alex Jones. Alex Jones had nothing to do with Sandy Hook. Tony Fauci. Tony Fauci killed your kids. They allowed chronic Lyme disease to be the mothers were crazy, knowing full well, myalgic encephalomyelitis, inflammation of the brain and spinal cord, that polio shots cause all the polio in the country. They know exactly what they're doing as they change the, the sequence, the virus du jour. And they've been in all the shots and they've been there all along and they knew it and they knew it was killing certain populations. That's who's shooting your kids. Every single school shooter you can put to a vaccine injury and the poisons of glyphosate, because glyphosate's in the vaccines, our animals are poisoned, our food is poisoned. They're telling you that. That's the Gates, that's the Big Pharma Gates One World agenda. The agenda is to kill our people to kill our one nation under God, to kill our believers, whether they're Christian or the nation of Islam. We sat December 18th of 2020. Again, same audience, Dr. Noenschwinder, Dr. Lyons Weiler, Bobby Kennedy, me, nation of Islam, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan called us to Chicago and said, do I recommend these shots to, to my people, to the followers in the nation of Islam? And we showed him the same data, 2019. He listened mm-hmm. to us. You know, while Tony mm-hmm. Fauci sat on the news and said, my black brothers and sisters, oh, man, that's one guy I hope somebody gives a needle pretty quickly <laughs> to.
1: Yeah, we hope that special place can help. I'll inject
5: the green needle. I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> inject the green needle. Oh, hey, yeah.
1: I was, you know, I was giving my Fauci that's impression, gun but we you can don't do want to hear it. it. Yeah. Let me ask you, I got got a caller, depending on how much time you have, but I've got a couple of questions I've been meaning to ask you for a long time. Uh, The diseases themselves, um, the DPT, MMR, let's take the traditional shot. Measles, mumps, rubella, diphtheria, pertussis, and and, and tetanus. Uh, If someone gets those, they've not had a vaccine, um, so they have whatever natural immunity from, from their parents, how bad are these diseases today? And how treatable is diphtheria, pertussis, I think that's whooping cough, measles, mumps. I actually had, I got the MMR and I got, I got a mump on one side. Uh, so that didn't work. Uh, rubella, how treatable are these things now? In other words, is there any reason to, to have an artificial chemical immunity, even if it worked well? Let's just, let's say, let's take all the junk from the, from the vaccine, but just the stuff that would actually build an immunity. Is there any reason to get that with modern medicine these days? Or can these diseases be as treatable as COVID with hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, things like that?
5: You know, yes, even more than that, these diseases okay. all went away with clean sanitation. As long as hmm. you don't inject them, we haven't had a case of diphtheria. I don't think in 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 the Western world, and, and everybody said it was a vaccine. No, it was clean sanitation. It was, but what that we was do polio? Do, what we do have, yeah. what we do have, when we inject diphtheria, and when we inject tetanus, we get blood poisoning. We're injecting. Uh, uh, the tetanus is not a vaccine. It never was. It's an it's a after, like rabies. You get bit by a dog with rabies, you get the shot. That's not a okay. vaccine. Tetanus isn't a communicable disease. Diphtheria, not one of these shots was ever shown to stop transmission or even ameliorate the disease. You say, as you just said, you injected the mumps. You injected Hooping cough, and worse. You remember the big bad wolf in Parade magazine, and Dale Big Tree had this on the high wire last Thursday. So Thursday today, 11 o'clock Pacific time, wherever you are, um, mm-hmm. it, it's on. And Dale Big Tree show just a couple of weeks ago reminded us of the big bad wolf. Um, you know, the get the get the hooping cough vaccine. So it's again, you're never getting just pertussis you're getting diphtheria tetanus and pertussis none of them cleaned of the garbage you're injecting three different infections that not only would you not see in nature in in years perhaps but Mm -hmm. you wouldn't see but you wouldn't you know you certainly wouldn't see three different antigens that affect your immune system in three different ways you know in one day yeah they make you sick And and they give you AIDS, too. They give you vaccine AIDS. All of these diseases. These are the cases I did for five years in vaccine court, showing them. Cytokine storm, cytokine storm, cytokine storm. COVID. There's no such thing as COVID as a natural disease. It was an infection by injection. And every single shot is. Measles was gone in 1962. Diphtheria was gone in the 1930s. You know my my grandmother. And I lived to be 95 years old and had diphtheria as a child. You know they aren't they're nothing. All we've done is kill people. Yeah, for the immune compromise, I got measles really 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 bad. What did that mean? I had to turn off the lights, be in a dark room, and um and have five days off school and and drink a lot of chicken soup. Um, hopefully without life I at the time it was 1960 maybe I'm 65 in a couple of days um, anyway so that's you know but but no the diseases are nothing we had chickenpox parties mucosal immunity but here's the good news if we mm-hmm. stop all the shots right now you know what we do we go back and develop natural immunity because those who us who are immune who have Who have taken care of our innate immune system and don't inject or ingest poison, then we're the immunity. Grandpa's the immunity. You hold a chicken pox party, and grandpa takes care of the kids, and you know what he gets a booster, and he never gets shingles yeah, and that's what I said in the movie Plandemic that is the immunity that yeah. but but if we don't stop this now, nobody will know that our kids, as we know, they're all sick. You, know, you can't put a peanut on a plane, Do you, you know, because people yeah. are allergic. That's how good your immune system is because you, in, you injected peanut oils and all kinds of things. Nobody knows what's in those shots. Nobody ever has. They haven't been tested. Look at the CDC excipient list. Look at that movie, 1986, The Act. Look at how they deliberately poisoned you, you know. And then mm-hmm. walk away from it. That's the cognitive dissonance, because every one of these doctors knows that, you know, if they see it, they're going to have to turn around and say, please forgive me, and do everything they can to heal. Not with another drug, not with another solution, a, a, a quick fix. Take away that law, and we'll regain not only our health, um, um, but we'll stop the shootings. We will absolutely stop the mass shootings if we stop the shots. If we write change product liability on those poisons, it'll end.
1: See, this would be a, a great campaign for the public to know. And you can cover it here. Stop the shots. Stop the shootings. I'm just writing this down right now because this is critical. Um we did a show yesterday. In fact, Pianchi, I'm going to get him on. I got one more question for you. I'm going to bring him on if you have the time. Um, that we we uh-huh. we traced the, uh, the the drug addictions, the, uh, uh, the the psychotropics, you know, the Prozac, uh, Lovox, all these different things, Ritalin, all these different things that were given to kids that, that back in the 90s. We knew those were responsible for the shootings. Columbine goes all the way back to there. So now you combine. Yep. Let me combine that in with uh, with what's going on with the these uh, these transitions or what I call altered. Because you can't, you cannot change from male to female. You can do surgery. You can remove body parts. You know, or and you can take drugs. And we we had articles on the brain damage that's done from these puberty blockers and hormone treatments and things like that. So let's talk about the cumulative effects. And then I think I got Josie on the line. She wants to talk to you too. So hopefully you got a little, a few minutes. Um, but the the cumulative effects. If you combine all the vaccines, which are not vaccines, if you, and now they're not necessary. Well, sanitation was a big thing with polio. We found out that I remember doing research on that, but I didn't know about the other diseases. That's fascinating. Uh, go ahead. You want to say all something? Yeah. yeah.
5: Dr. Noen Schweiner Dr. N- at, um, uh, let's see, uh, Stu Warner's chiropractic meeting, a child chiropractor back in Orlando, and we'll get, we'll get mm-hmm. it on our website. He went through and showed you the talk was called, What About Polio?, And he showed Mm -hmm. you every single shot and how they cause more problems than they ever presented. And that's the good news about right now, because when you watch the high wire a few weeks ago, he's going to show you the big bad wolf. Oh, yeah, grandma doesn't cough, but it doesn't stop transmission. So the same thing that's true with COVID, that you do have cardiac arrest and died suddenly in young athletes, that's the Mm -hmm. Gardasil vaccine. We saw that. So he walks through every single shot. And shows you not one that, you know, as we see, it takes 20,000 shots to protect one 15-year-old from getting the infection, not even the disease. Our infections are not our diseases, and if we don't inject them. And he was angry when he did it because he's been treating these patients all all his life, and he was lied to. And he tried ivermectin for one time, and somebody with serious gut injury, and all of a sudden Mm -hmm. they could eat food again we're being poisoned so those the, the shows are up there we've been working hard for decades and if people will just realize right now what it really is that's what we can see right in front of us it used to be a needle in a haystack now it's every family maybe that'll help us stop the shots
0: and stop the well
1: you we to, we to take the fear away if, if you can get the message out there and we need Bobby Kennedy on this I, I wish he were promoting our legislation because uh, he's got the resources uh, and the people that do have the resources have to get it. I can't do it I mean I'm just I'm being censored so badly uh, that our reach is nowhere near what it should be. But if they can get out there and say this, (laughs) people realize. (laughs) Oh no! I love having you. Are you kidding? I love having you on the show. Um, But if we can get the word out that you don't have to fear the diseases that they're quote vaccinating you for, If if people know, diphtheria ended in the 30s, measles was gone by the 60s, mumps. You know, I got it only after I had the the quote vaccine for it. You know, a year later. Um, and so if people – that this is why people do these things, because they're more afraid of having the guilt of not helping their kid. But if you can remove the fear of the disease itself, there's no reason to get the shot for it. That, I think, might be a whole new avenue of, of exploration. Does that make sense?
5: Uh, right. Well, I mean, that's what we've done. We've shown you. Um, the movie is Vax 2, the people's story. That, uh, Paul Thomas um, out, out in Oregon. The Vax, unvax study with Jack Lyons with Brian Hooker this year. Yeah, we've yeah. shown you we're just fine. We've shown you, hey, I'm I'm immune to Ebola, folks. I'm in, I'm I'm immune to Ebola. I have antibodies. If we're exposed to these things, no matter where they came from, in a uh-huh. natural way, I'll show you. well all, that's what we're doing right now. We're having COVID parties, and we're we're immune. And they're forcing That's us to take the shot and have antibody-dependent enhancement. We're immune. You know, when you've had the flu, you, if you've ever had the flu, even if mm-hmm. you assume the shot did something, it, what I've said my whole career, if you've ever had the flu or you've ever had the shot, you have as much mu- immunity as you need. What does that mean? You won't die. They never prevented trans, not one. Can- hey, Gardasil. Cancer is not an, a contagious disease, or is it? Yeah, the Gardasil shot caused far more cancer, and it never was designed to prevent cancer. It was designed to prevent warts, C-I-N-3+. People don't know the science, and we've been lied to by a cult called scientism. So the doctors aren't taught the science. The doctors aren't taught vaccines, and that's what we're here for. These are the kinds of things we're doing in Ty and Charlene Bollinger's upcoming film, Remedy. The remedy is stop the shock. I simply think people, and I will, I'll, I'll see if I can get Mike Hugo um, mm-hmm. uh, on on your show and he can talk about 1986, the act. Maybe he will. He's in the movie, 1986, the
1: we act. We need a movie, uh, or we need a popular or just a simple PSA. Stop the shots, got the- stop the shootings. I mean, just a 60-second blockbuster promotion. Uh, you know, don't fear the disease your friend ben. if they don't. What's that now?
5: Call our friend Ben, Doctor Ben. He'll do it.
1: <laughs> okay, <laughs> he'll say anything. You he, think I'm bad? Uh, uh, Pianki, let me get him on the line here, and then I'll get to Josie. Pianki, you're on with Doctor Judy Mikovits. What's, what's your question?
6: Now she made mention about the uh, Ritalin.
0: <clears throat> huh?
6: The U.S. military wouldn't take a, a a soldier. I mean, someone wanted to try to get in, if they have ever been on Ritalin at one time. And I wonder if she remembered the term the crazy check. Uh, mothers will receive a crazy check, a check monthly if they allowed their child to be vaccinated. And I can't think of the name of the drug, drug because it was a judge up in New York that was uh, implicated because he was recommending that mothers who was in court put their children on that vaccine. A drug, I think it's called film fans. I'm not sure. Do you remember those the crazy chicks? Yeah, I um, I've, no,
0: I've, I've heard don't. the
6: term. Yeah.
5: Yeah, and I don't. Okay. Um, I I do remember. You know, I do remember that kids. You know, these are vaccine injury, ADHD, attention deficit. It's it started with the shots. We know all this. You know, they the they just call it autism spectrum disorder. That's not a disease. We could. See the molecular disease, the inflammation of the brain. These kids' brains are on fire, you know. So mm-hmm. they tried to turn them down. Yeah, they're crazy, you know. And that was the big deal. Don't show that the vaccines are causing diseases like like chronic fatigue syndrome. There's no such thing as long COVID. That's people who are vaccine injured with myalgic encephalomyelitis. There's no such thing as chronic Lyme disease. That's myalgic encephalomyelitis. That's inflammation of the brain. And when the brain's on fire, yeah, you're crazy. You can't think. You can't see. You're, the, the lights are on in nobody's home. You know, you can. that's what everybody's seeing now. That's what's happening. Mad cow disease. Yeah. The vaccines are causing it. We're dealing with a dear Christian friend of ours, a, a lady. Vaccine caused mad cow disease. They knew it. You know, what is mad cow disease? Oh, a virus that got on albumin in the U.K. and they had to kill in the 90s, Jakob Kreutzfeldt disease. They just keep changing the names of the disease. And when you look at them, they weaponized the very, they weaponized the, the bioweapons they called the COVID shot to kill those people. Because they'd get antibody-dependent enhancement, they'd get pathogenic priming, and they'd kill them. And that was the game, premeditated murder. In that spike protein, I can show you every one of the things that cause you to go crazy and, and shoot up a school or think you're a boy or not a girl or, or, have, or have boobs when you're a boy because, you know, you're, you, can't, you, you, can't, you don't have testosterone you don't have the right growth hormone. You can't methylate. You can't get the right gene expression. It's not these kids' fault. They were poisoned with these shots, you know, trying as, as, as the one world order tried to make them transgender. So I don't remember crazy chick, Ritalin. Remember Rye syndrome? No such yep. thing. Oh, that hmm. was how they, how they brought in Tylenol. So they created fear around a disease. Oh, you can't take aspirin. Don't give your kids aspirin. That was vaccine injury. And now they give them Tylenol and destroy their liver. Tylenol's poison. Drive away from something you can't patent and make money. So they just drove the diseases, caused the diseases knowingly with the shots, and then created a market. HIV, gain of function. Does it cause AIDS? Nope. Did they create a, you know, does does that matter? You know, no, it doesn't matter. Um, The the cures are the same, and they're keeping them from us. And they're God in their nature, and they don't inject. And, and Vax 2, the people's story. Go watch Vax 2, and you see the kid, The people can see for themselves. The kids with the least vaccines are, are the least crazy and have the strongest immune systems and health, and we can help everybody else. That's the whole game. Love wins, God wins, um, and all we have to do is stop all the shots and we'll stop all the shootings.
1: Fascinating. Josie? With Dr. Judy
7: yes, good morning. Good morning, Doctor Judy. Uh, it's nice to hear you. Um, one of my young girlfriends, um, uh, they found blood clots in her lungs and they put uh they put her with blood thinners. And this young girl, she's been bleeding and bleeding and bleeding and uh, she fainted the other day, collapsing and they rushed her to the hospital. They kept her all day at the E R. And they send her back home, and she's continuing the blood thinners, and she's not doing well at all, bleeding so much. So that's They're the question, killing her. That's, I have that question that's, for you. Uh-huh. That's the game.
5: They are killing her. She needs to get off those blood thinners right away, um, and um, you, she can get on things like, you know, cardiomerical and proline greens, nutrition and, and things, and, and stop that. They are killing her. They've done this with the flu shot and the blood thinners called Eliquist and Xarelto. So this is the same thing I just said in a different situation. They cause the blood clots with the shot. That's what the little piece of the spike protein called syncytin. It synthesizes cells together, cyto. It synthesizes cells together. That's what viruses do so they can transfer the message without being detected in the blood. So hmm. they cause the blood clots in the lungs with the shots. And even if she didn't get the shots, they're they they don't break down so everybody shedding and spreading the hospital personnel are are getting are shedding that on her now. She's probably eating garbage, glyphosate five G. Um, so and then they bleed her out with eloquence. That's how they killed my mom. They admitted it in a paper in two thousand and eighteen. Iatrogenic. So they drive the disease with the fear or the force, whatever it is. Then they got the shot yeah. or the medication and then they develop an industry. They kill all the people, like I said, they kill all the eighty year olds um because they spent mm-hmm. their retirement and, and they they sent all your money to your Ukraine so they don't have your retirement. That's all just the game too, as we all know. Um and then they're shooting our people and and, <clears throat> and trying to take away our guns. Um that have she, nothing to do she, with the shooting. Cheers, uh,
7: but the, vaccinated. the blood process, yeah, Doctor Judy, she is vaccinated. Yeah. I think both vaccine, and also I need your opinion on uh, chlorine dioxide. What is your well, opinion C- on that? Because I got two bottles, A and B, and uh, yeah. I need well, to know. CDS is CDS is great. I don't know what you have in in
5: your hands. CDS again, it was on the high wire. Um, it, I believe it was last week, and Jenny McCarthy talked about it. CDS is great, but we can't be our own physician and we can't go to the hospitals because they're murdering us. We, there's, there, we need to do another way, you know, because all they're going to do, all you're going to do is hurt yourself. Because if you're vaccinated, this shot in the synthetic proteins and the poisons in these shots don't obey God's laws in nature.
8: So you
0: mm-hmm. can't
5: just use it. You have to know what you're doing. And, and, and work with a medical practitioner until so you, and when, and we know we can't go to the hospital because the eloquence will kill you. So we've, we've worked hard and I'm doing this everywhere at the truth about cancer at global um, tech um, globaltechmd.com global com. Um, You know, Dr. Tracy there and I have built the alternative complementary arm. But you can get acute care. You can get ivermectin prescriptions. Everybody in this country needs to have ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. They need to have cardiomerical proline greens. You've got to have nutrition. We're being poisoned. We can't support chlorine dioxide if you don't have minerals in food, if you don't have some of these things. We built a website. We put them all on. We identified clean products. We identified clean manufacturers. We tested them. We've been working on this for decades. We have all the cures. All you have to do is walk away. Don't pay any more insurance. Don't pay any more taxes. You do not have to pay to murder children. You do not have to pay to murder Christians. I'm sorry, don't pay them. Go in a store with a pharmacy and you won't get sick. They've sprayed this poison around the globe. They're spraying it from the plains. You know, we know what they're doing and they've been doing it for decades. And all we have to do is protect ourselves, but it just can't be turn around and take another drug because you'll poison yourself right now because you're so toxic because of how much has been injected. And that's the problem. They know right now anything you do, you'll kill yourself practically because they poisoned you. Your food is poisoned. Glyphosate is the biggest single poison. Riddle in these drugs, Fentanyl's everywhere, everywhere you know, and, and they know the fentanyl's is in the hospital. They're poisoning the people with fentanyl. And we saw them not, so, you know, they're bringing it over the borders, they're paying people to come and they're putting it in our hospitals and killing people. And every time I say these things, they don't say, you know, here's the the evidence we're not. Cause I'll show them the evidence they are. Cause I'm a chemist and they think they can hide it and they can't. And then, and there are a lot of other great doctors and nurses that are often on this show that know what they're doing. But again, we have to walk away from their system because you can't. And again, chlorine dioxide is great. You know, I, I don't like people mixing their own because right now they can't. Um, uh, we have on our website lightdoveministries.com right there at therealdrjudy.com. You can find a source of chlorine dioxide, a CDS that's stable. You can find Celebrex. You can find Viox. You could find not Viox. You can find um, GenVoya. You can find highly active antiretroviral therapy, Truvada. Oh, those, actually, those are actually immunizations to HIV. Immunizations, they prevent mm-hmm. transmission, turn on your TV. Mm-hmm. So we've been trying to change all the laws, the false advertising, the public scare ads. They're not public service ads. The only service they're doing to you is destroying it. So, again, there's a lot of solutions out there. We put everything we can. We'll get you to doctors. We'll get her to places. I'm here in Nashville with some fabulous doctors. We're all putting together, you know, things. Dr. Stella Manuel in Global Tech MD. We can get yeah. you the things you need so you don't have to get poisoned or hurt yourself.
7: Yeah. You know, doctor, uh, it breaks my heart because uh, uh, I know this young girl uh, for a few years back now. And uh, um, I'm trying to reach, I'm trying to help, uh, you know, they just want to believe the doctors and the criminal hospitals and that's where we at right now and i'm like I, my stomach is been in a lot of pain like nervous because things are not looking good and uh you know i can only do so much to help people and uh, guide them. like don't go back to the doctor don't do this take ivermectin Uh, Three, four people have come and reached, but uh, they want to trust the doctors completely. And uh, my heart breaks because we know I learned a lot from you uh, in the past uh, six, seven months that we uh, had you on the radio. And I was like in shock listening to all the details that you've been providing for us. And uh, thank you so much. I really appreciate you, Dr. Judy. And are you going to be here in town in Pensacola on the 14th at the rally? Doctors no, I events. have to be in a rally in Los
5: Angeles on the 14th. I'm actually I'm not Los Angeles, okay. San Jose. I, San Jose on the 14th. I will be there. May 11th in Miami. I'm in Tampa t- tonight, tomorrow, all weekend. Oh, I'm Yes, We're really hard. We're working really hard yeah. to put everything together, yeah. and we are getting things together. This film we're making, um, the show Remedy, the, the, the launch last night, Truth About Cancer Again. We're showing you how to heal these cancers with the things we've all had all along, and we can do that. It's, that's the whole point. If we can just get the people to see, we're just fine. There is no fear, that, but, but they have to. There's only one God, and it's not you, yes. and you don't bow down the other idols, that's the second commandment, and no other Amen. idols. And and that means Amen. the money, that means the doctors, that means that they are not God. And and unfortunately, the cult of scientism, you know, thinks they are God. And again, this is why how we why I got on this show because this is because because this is why the shootings you know and now you're shooting people who bow down to another god and and that's against everything we stand for and we've got to stop it in this country i hope people will wake up but you know unfortunately maybe your um friend will have to sacrifice herself and to find out the truth <laughs> Listen, they put me I in blood that.
0: thinners.
1: You know, I'll, I'll tell you. After my heart surgery, I had uh, they almost killed me three weeks afterwards. I went through a successful uh, mitral valve repair and was feeling pretty good. Shit. went around. Actually, I was walking with uh, about a mile within a couple of weeks, and then all of a sudden, I couldn't breathe. And I went back to the hospital, and my chest was uh, basically three quarters full of fluid, and I had about you know one quarter of my left lung left was functioning. Everything else was completely blocked. And it was, I believe it was the blood thinners. You know, and so they finally drained four and a half liters of fluid out of me. Uh, over a couple of days they wanted to take longer I said nope take everything out the second day uh lung re and I was basically fine after that then they said well we got to put you on blood thinners again I said hell no I said yeah, I think you just kill. you try to kill me with those things no so so is there any reason for blood thinners uh if you're active and you know well, stroke you know, prevention but what's what's the truth about those things Judy um
5: you know There are reasons for blood thinners in very short times. We do use these drugs effectively. Not we create a disease we call AFib. The heart doesn't one day forget how to beat. That, that's the now afibrillation. It just flutters. It won't beat. That's flu vaccine. That's Prevnar vaccine. So then okay. you're at higher risk of stroke because your heart doesn't beat right. We see now the intervals. All of Dr. Peter McCullough and the other cardiologists, Dr. Levy, all their work. We're creating these cardiac diseases. And for the elderly who have cardiac disease, for the elderly, you're in trouble because um, you already have a itis. And then then the, the inflammation is too much. And, and they literally, we've seen it. I've done these cases in vaccine court over and over. They know these things are causing heart disease. And then they bleed mm-hmm. them out with the eloquence because then they're at higher risk of stroke. And so we've created this fear. Oh, I'm going to have a stroke. I remember my mom. She's like, I have to take it. And she was crying. I remember my Daughter in law, I have to take it. And they're crying because they don't feel like they have any other hope and they don't feel like they have any of this stroke. And they're afraid they're going to have a stroke or they're afraid they're not going to, you know, they're not going to qualify for, for whatever it is. It's, it's awful what they're doing.
2: Yeah, but once you go, you have to get past that though. I mean, I got past it.
1: uh, I don't know how I got past it, but I said, no, this is wrong. You might get a stroke. Well, I might, but I'd rather be active. I'd rather not have the blood thinners. I'd rather not have my chest full of fluid. I'll take that risk. Thank you. You know, I mean, but what separates me from, from anybody else saying the same thing? Anybody could have said that. No, I'm not going to take this medicine. I get rid of all the medicines. The, the more medicines I get rid of after heart surgery, the better I felt. And, to, and then it wasn't losing weight. And then eventually I didn't start losing weight until I stopped, getting, stopped taking all their medicines. Uh, and so it's, you can be your own doctor. The, the fear, yep. that's yeah. all it is, is fear. Stop being afraid of what hasn't yeah. happened and may not happen.
5: Right. Huh. Yeah, take control of your own health. And you can't, right. but I don't want to say you can be your own doctor in this world because of how heavily poisoned you are. That's why I just want you to get a little help from trusted sources because you can poison yourself just as easy as not because we've all been so heavily poisoned. Right. Say, I have right. to hop on a call with Italy. <laughs>
0: okay.
1: Well, listen, thank you for all your time. I really appreciate it. It's been great. Yeah, I'll see you tomorrow uh,
0: let's,
1: let's, let's, uh, Okay, sounds good. Oh, are you going to call me tomorrow too?
0: Yeah.
7: Okay. That's the anniversary?
1: Yes. <laughs> let's. Well, we'll go over the bill in detail Oh, please
7: then. do call. Thank you, Judy.
1: Say hi to <laughs> Italy okay. for me. I will. <laughs> right, take care. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Bye now. Bye. See, I didn't know if she was going to call both days. I mean, I was, I'm i always happy to have Judy on for obvious reasons. She's amazing. Uh, and she is the single largest promoter uh, of our our product liability bill. So That's tomorrow's the, the two – what's that, uh, that Josie?
7: Action Radio. I I yeah. I was I was in Nashville, and she was promoting Action Radio. Yes. Oh, you saw was. her do it.
1: That's right. Yeah, I remember. The, uh, yeah, but, yeah. But but she's she's the about thing. the only one. You yeah, know. And here's the thing: we've had Peter McCullough on the show, Dr. McCullough. We've had Dr. Robert Malone on the show. We've had Peter Navarro, uh, Trump's senior advisor. We've had Christina Bob, who I was hoping would take our legislation to Trump himself. You know, nothing. You know, these people are wonderful people, but they're still they're not helping. This issue they're not helping big tech. you know that bill I wrote that uh, uh, in July of 2021, so that's going to have a two-year anniversary here in a few months. These bills would change everything. These two bills, by themselves, would change everything, because I firmly believe that with vaccine product liability, that those things will be off the market. And I don't know how many lives we could have saved, uh, but I would say millions, thousands, I don't know, hundreds of thousands, tens of thousands. I have no idea. but I know that if we had vaccine product liability, the big pharma would take those things off the shelf because once they're responsible for it, they would never be marketing the way they're marketing them. The government would never be allowed to pay for them and use our taxes to do it because they'd all be liable for it. And the the, big pharma would say, look, you know, you you can pay all the taxes you want, but we're not going to lose our company over this Uh, because their profits, their dollars are more valuable than our lives. If they can make lives off our death, they don't care, but they don't want to lose the dollars that they have made. And it's still, not a big deal. Well, let's see what happens. Let's see what – I, I was going to ask Judy one more question. I'll ask her tomorrow. Are we reaching a critical mass? Are enough people fed up enough and learning that – as she said, I didn't know this, that, that all the diseases on those, uh, those things, the, 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 the diphtheria, tetanus, pertussis, mumps, all that kind of stuff, those diseases all went you know 100 years ago. I didn't know. You know, I'm thinking, well, what if you even, what if you catch the disease? What, you know, you catch COVID. Oh, no. Okay. So you catch COVID. Most people get over it. Most people don't even know they have it. You know, so what's the fear? It's, it's all based on fear. Anyway. I got over in five days, you know,
7: five days. Yeah. Call it. That was it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I had it for a couple of weeks, um, but I was trying to, you know, work through it and I, I couldn't. But I, I took two days off and did nothing. So once I had two days off, yeah, about two or three days later, I felt fine. So about five days sounds about right. But uh, yeah, but yeah, you've got to stop being afraid. I
7: think, I think you're COVID. You didn't even know you had it, you know? Right? No, because
1: it was January. At the time yeah, it was, it when was you January. Six? Yeah, you remember when I was coughing yep. like crazy on the air? And I said, oh, who yeah. wants to be a guest host? <laughs> that was COVID. <laughs> I know. That was COVID. I know uh, that was COVID. You know, and I didn't lose taste yeah, and smell. Yeah. Um, I didn't, but I also have a really good immune system because don't forget, I was a tour guide in San Francisco. You know, and I met people from all around the world, so I've already been exposed to everything. I probably been exposed to Ebola too. Now that I think of it, I certainly met enough African folks uh, visiting San Francisco. But who knows? I don't know. My immune system knows. You know, but I, I haven't had flu in decades. Uh, I I got neurovirus from a cruise. Haven't had that since uh, COVID. Never had that again, so I uh, get a pretty good immune system. You know, and I'm in my 60s, as, as we all are. Judy's like she's turning 65 tomorrow, I think she said, or something like that. You know, I'll be 64 in October.
7: Birthday tomorrow?
1: Uh, maybe tomorrow. We, we'll ask her tomorrow. If if, she, if it is, we'll sing her maybe happy birthday.
7: Yeah, birthday but,
1: uh, or but think about that. So she believes enough in what we're doing. And this, this is somebody who's 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 known around the world. I mean, Judy Mikovits is, oh, is yeah. a giant. Uh, in, the, in the in the health field, prevention, with the movies, pandemic. I think uh, in some ways we really need to reduce this. I mean, her movies are dynamite. I mean, they really are. Right, but most people don't have the time to watch a whole movie. We need a very simple. in fact, I think I might make one. You know, stop the shot, stop the shootings. I think I might make a, a thing on that and send it to her and say, here.
7: I like could that. Could you – You need to. Yeah.
1: Stop, stop the yeah. shootings.
7: It rhymes. It rhymes and it gets to the point.
1: Yeah, well, that's what she said, kind of, and I, we sort of modified it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But if I can make a, I'll make a, one of my, my fabulous productions on that. Uh, oh, did you like my production with, with Brandon, with the Russian uh, national anthem in the background?
7: I did not, not hear it yet, correct. <laughs> it's,
1: it's on your mother. Piaki, what'd you think of that? I mean, I had a little bit of fun. Doesn't it fit, though?
6: I didn't hear it, but I was trying no. to find a case where the judge received a kickback for putting all oh, the crazy check? I know I've heard that before
1: yeah I've heard the term crazy check before but I don't think that has to do with uh with a vaccine I think it's I know what you're talking about it exists it was a real you thing no it remember
6: doesn't have it. nothing to do with COVID vaccine this was decade uh-huh. a decade before of fact I talked to a guy yesterday he said he his parents received a crazy check because he was on medication yeah yeah we just
1: have to need to find out what it is because that's that's a valid point um Anyway, yeah. Okay. Well, let me, um, unless you guys have other things, I've, I've, I've sort of an interesting thing to talk about. No, one thing I, I Okay. Uh, the one thing I... Uh, I'll I don't talk don't to you guys right later. God
7: do... bless. Okay. okay. All right. Bye, Take Bianchi. care, Jocelyn. Bye, Jocelyn.
1: Bye, Jocelyn. Bye,
7: Hasta la vista, chico.
1: There you go. Bye, con Dios. So, yeah, it's, Bye. Uh, Bye it, it's Dios, interesting. Bye,
7: interesting.
1: Ah, gracias. Uh, it, it's great having you know, all, our, all the folks that call into the show here, which is so much fun. But you know, like I say, from just us regular folks to like Judy Mikovits, I mean, and just and all the people that that, that join us here, uh, it's really quite fascinating. Um, I mean, I know the answer to this question, but I want Judy to explain it. Uh, the cumulative effect of uh, vaccines that aren't vaccines, of hormone blockers, of puberty blockers of Tylenol, which destroys your liver, as she was saying, of of all these things that you don't even need because even if you get the disease these days, uh, it's treatable. You know, I mean, even if you get COVID, it's treatable. So why would you want to have a dangerous jab that you don't know what's in it that's causing all these different problems, all these allergies and autisms and deaths and injuries and everything else? It's far worse than the actual disease itself. You know, so this is the same pattern, but I'm wondering if we're reaching a critical mass. So, Bianchi, let me ask you one more question, I'm going to play an interview. But the, are we reaching a critical mass? Are enough people realizing that they can question this? Are enough people saying, maybe my doctor's not absolutely right? You know, I mean, uh, it should have happened in the 90s during the first vaccine scare over anthrax, uh, over, the, over squalene, over the, the Gulf War syndrome. It, ha- it did happen then, but it stopped. People went back. To saying, "Oh, the doctor's wonderful. Oh, the doctor's great. You know, I'll trust everything they say. I'll, I'll, I'll take a jab. You know, without even knowing what's in it." But are we reaching a turning point? I think. Look, at, listen to Tucker Carlson. He's openly saying the vaccine's unsafe. It's not even a vaccine. That's that's encouraging. Pianki.
6: Well, yeah, it's got to be uh, talked about at his level. So that's where most people view the news.
0: Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah, we got to get the slogans out there. We got to get a popular campaign going. All right, I want to do something a little different because I, uh, there's an interview I did several years ago. Uh, this is back in WBY. And what happened was we had, uh, there was uh, some, some kind of campaign to put signs in the door in the windows of businesses in Pensacola. This is back when the cake decorating uh, case came up when these folks came in and said, you have to make a gay wedding cake. Uh, I like, no, I make Christian wedding cakes. And that whole whole thing came up. And so I had a gay activist from Northern Florida uh, in the studio, and we were talking about that this thing, and, and I disagree with her, and she disagreed with me, and we had a really respectful conversation. Uh, what I think is going to happen, the reason I wanted to play this one today, is I think there's going to be a huge split. I think that LGB folks are going to split from T. I think that lesbian, gays, and bisexuals who are not altered, who are not drug-induced, who are not uh, surgically changed, who are not, who are who they've always been, are going to be very, are very different than this, this transgender. Uh, It's almost like uh, I came with the expression, you know, transgenders are the new brown shirts. They're the new militant group, you know, that they're even more violent and more dangerous uh, than Black Lives Matter and Antifa. Well, I I put uh, Black Lives Matter as as probably the the least dangerous of the three. Uh, Antifa above them is more dangerous. I think the transgenders are going to be more dangerous still, the the, the murdering transgenders. I don't see Antifa going into schools, breaking in uh, and killing kids. But apparently, some, a lot of these uh, these shootings have been transgender-related, or people that have been through this kind of stuff. So, if you combine the the vaccine injury with the, uh, the, the the transition injury, these people are wrecked. They're destroyed. What do they have to live for when they've been permanently changed? They'll never be who they were or who they could have been. You know, it's like you take away if you take away something, that, take away everything that somebody has to live for. What's left for them? Well to die and take as many people out with them as they can in revenge. That's what this day of vengeance is. I don't really care to see what this day of vengeance is. I've been holding off talking about that uh, until after I see what happens with it. But Pianchi, just based on yesterday's show, the cumulative effect of, of, of the drugs and surgeries creating supposedly transgender, what I call Frankenstein medicine, creating, uh, creating really uh, creating altered people uh, and the monsters are not the, the, well, the people that are created. well, they're turning into monsters, but the doctors who did this and the, the advocates for this those are the monsters, Dr. Frankenstein, with the monster, not the monster itself, the monster is a sympathetic one, but we still can't have the people who are altered you know vaccine and and trans altered uh committing murders, but it seems to be a cumulative effect
6: yeah that you're right, there needs to be a anti hate bill for Christians
1: well, I think we you know we've already got it i mean we already we went over that uh, yesterday that the, the 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 hate uh, crime legislation because you can't discriminate on the basis of religion. be named there.
6: Like they did. It should be named that, like they did for the Asians. You got an Asian anti-hate bill.
1: Well, that has specific penalties. There's, there's already penalties to get... Yeah, you could. I mean, you could do it. You could do an anti-Christian hate bill with specific penalties of massive jail uh, time and fines, but it has to be done at the state level because it's the... I mean, there's only three federal crimes. You've got to get away from, from relying on the federal government for crimes. The only federal crimes are treason, piracy, and counterfeiting. Everything else has to be handled by the states. That's the law, the rule of laws. I went over in the first hour of the show. Well, well I they because
6: ma- they put, a, go ahead. They put forth a law called a John Lewis Hate uh, Crime Bill or something like that, police reform bill. Hmm. So, yeah, they did it for the Asians, and you see how you have these transgenders that's attacking Christians. Well, they need to have one for Christians too. Okay. I mean, i you know, they I said we people attacking Asians because they were blaming Asians for the, for the, uh, for COVID.
1: Oh, I see. That's very interesting. Yeah. I, I did that. Uh, I didn't, don't, either don't remember that or didn't know that connection. That's, that's very interesting. Yeah. Blaming Asians for COVID. Oh, please. <laughs> this is so ridiculous. You blame government for COVID. You blame Dr. Fauci. Yeah, they said the they other... were
6: blaming uh, – people were blaming and attacking Asians. As a matter of fact, they were attacking them because uh, they got out that the uh, virus started in China.
1: Wow. Well, let me play this interview. Before people think that uh, that I lump, you know, lesbians, gays, bisexuals, and transgender together, I never really have. I've never thought it made sense to put those folks together. Um, And first of all, and 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 no one has a right to civil rights that anybody else doesn't have. Uh, So that's that's the disagreement I have politically uh, with the lesbian, gay, bisexual movement is that uh, as far as marriage and everything else, you don't get special rights. You just don't. We all have the same rights as individuals. Uh, but nobody is, should have, have lesser rights because of who they are, but nobody gets superior rights either. So I think I think, everybody, I think you'll find this an interesting discussion. Anyway, it's about 42 minutes. We've got 45 minutes left. So this will take most of the rest of the show. Uh, Donna Strau, uh, and it's about this gay pledge that they wanted to have in Pensacola. I'm not sure what it is now. The show is from June 29th of 2018. It's about two weeks before I was fired. <laughs> so there's only a, couple, a little bit left. So any reference you hear to WBY or phone numbers, other than two one five three eight three three eight three two, which is our number here at Blog Talk Radio at uh, Action Radio, uh, is not us, and so so you will hear references to uh, another station that no longer exists in that form. Um, but it was such a great experience there, and this is where I really sort of learned how to do radio. So I'm going to play this. I'll be back at, the, at think, the end of the show to sort of sum up. Yeah, go ahead, Bianchi. Quick. Yeah.
6: What do you think about the the, the uh, Muslim parents in? Dearborn, Michigan, that went to the school board meeting complaining mm-hmm. about, you know, the things that were being exposed to their kids, but many of them were put on the no-fly list by Homeland Security.
1: Let's take that up. Let's, and take that up and, uh, let's the You know done. what? Let's, let's, I was let's just asking what you think about it. Well, weird? no, it's wrong. Obviously, it's wrong. I mean, you don't persecute Muslim parents for standing up for their kids. You, know, you don't pursue get any parents yeah. standing up for the kids, but what I would, but the person to talk to is Jonathan. We should bring that up Monday uh, because he might and have. And Trump to done
6: girls. that. He was ridiculed. The kingdom come.
1: Well, Trump did something. Was... What did Trump? No, Trump couldn't have done exactly the same thing. Trump never said that Muslim parents can't, you know, advocate for their kids. He wouldn't have said that.
6: I think what he done with Asians were barred them from coming into the country during the peacetime. No, he barred
1: Chinese folks from the areas that had COVID from coming to the country. He did not bar Asians from coming into the country. Yeah, big difference. Yeah, Yeah, especially because some countries like Thailand and Vietnam had virtually no AIDS. AIDS, Excuse me. Had no COVID. Let me play this. Uh, Meet yourself. Come back to the top at the end of the show, and, and just here's – because we don't have a discussion like this on the show very often, being you know, more conservative than most conservatives, but it's really nice to have a, have a, a, a person who is advocating uh, for folks on the show who I respectfully disagree with, and I thought it was a really good discussion. So I'm going to play this now. See you at the end of the show. I think one of our uh, more interesting hours. I've got Donna Stout here from uh, from the, the Gay Grassroots uh, of Northwest Florida. And so this is, first of all, thanks for coming on Conservative Talk Radio. Welcome.
0: Thank you. And so, to be here.
1: Oh, great. And this is, this is what I, I, I love about uh, what's happening. And most of it's just this week. The first person to come on uh, that really broke some ground was Taylor Smith when she came on talking about... Uh, uh, the gun issues, because she's with the, the March for Our Lives, you know, protesting a lot of stuff there. And so from her, it just kind of snowballed from there. We had Dr. Zimmerman, and now we get to talk about this issue. The reason I think this one is important, uh, it's the Gay Grassroots of Northwest Florida Business Fairness Pledge. And so let me just read it to you right now. And what it says is, as a business owner uh, or manager, I pledge that my business will never deny service to any person based on sexual orientation, gender identity, race, sex, religion, physical ability, or other innate or arbitrary status. And I'm guessing this came about because of the, the cake, wedding cake decorator case yes. in the Supreme Court. Okay, so let's back up a little bit. Let's talk about who you are and what the organization is and give people an idea of, of, of both of those, and then we'll, we'll get into
9: this issue. Well, I am the co-founder of Gay Grassroots of Northwest Florida, and uh what we we do several things we put on celebrations uh every year like the pride celebration that okay. comes around in June
0: okay.
9: um we take on equality issues um sometimes with the school system sometimes publicly we stand for um equality and inclusion for all LGBTQIA and the rest of the alphabet, people. You know, I'm
1: going to ask you what each one of those means, right? I know. I hope I remember.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. Well, because we have to know, like, and buzzwords like equality and inclusion. You know, <laughs> I just I'm, we're going to go over those two through as, as, as the course of the conversation, but just exactly what that means. But I want to let you continue on. Okay. Um,
9: the organization came about about ten years ago. Um, the brainchild of our co-founder, uh, Doug Landreth, and okay. he is... Uh,
1: Where is he? He should be here, too.
9: Uh, well, uh, that was discussed, whether he or I would do it, and he had to be in Destin today, so okay. we'll get you get me. Time. We'll get him next time. We'll uh, time. You'll love him. Yeah. So, uh, go ahead. So um, about 10 years ago, he called a meeting. There was probably six or eight of us there, and he had worked with these kinds of organizations before. He wanted to do another one here in northwest Florida, um, to take a stand for the rights of um, marginalized groups that were being discriminated against, and so that's what we do.
1: So what what was being discriminated against? What, why did you find the need to, to form this group?
9: Um, well...
1: You can be blunt. It's okay.
9: Okay. <laughs> um, usually when somebody asks me, why is there a need for uh, a group to push forward for gay equality, I generally will see say if you need to ask that question, then that's why we need to have a group to do it. Okay. And that's why
1: I asked you here to to talk about it. Yeah, exactly. All right. Because, you know, like I say, my familiarity with the gay community is San Francisco, Mm -hmm. which is a very strong gay community. It's about 20% of the city. Uh, uh, is part of the gay community. We've got, uh, you know, city council folks and, and former mayors, and, and so it's really. I mean, Harvey Milk has a huge history there, yeah. so we know about that story. Okay, mm-hmm. so so I'm really familiar, and I was in the Hate Ashbury, which is like the next section over to the Castro. So um, you know, it's something. You know, we have gay pride parades that are legendary uh, in San yeah, Francisco. You it's, do. It's, it's, you do. So, so I mean, it's a place to go. So this is very familiar to me. Folks I work with in the tour guide business, you know, gay folks all the time. So not a big deal. But here it's different. And so uh, you've been to both places and we were talking a little bit last night different parts of the country have very different relations between gay community uh and, and the rest of the city so maybe yes, tell me a bit about do. that yeah um,
9: it's a cultural thing just like any other uh, piece of culture anywhere mm-hmm. um, it depends on what the history of that area is and the history of the the southern united states is extremely conservative okay. um it's the bible belt and uh travel What is it? I believe Hemingway says travel is the enemy of ignorance.
1: Makes sense. I've done my fair bit of traveling. And so so the
9: more you go, the more you learn, the more people you meet, the more different types of people you meet, and um, your view on relationships between cultures grows. And in the South, that is behind a lot of the rest of the country.
1: What would be like an ideal situation? Where where do you want to be?
9: Where nobody asks me to be on a radio show because I'm gay.
1: (laughs) That makes sense. Yeah, you know, but and
9: you know, and nobody says gay else? marriage. They say marriage.
1: Okay, yeah. uh, who else could I ask to come on the show when I have a pledge? You know, when I want to have the gay grassroots of Northwest Florida business fairness pledge. Who else could I ask?
9: Well, you asked me for an ideal situation. The ideal true, situation yeah. right. would be we don't need that pledge.
0: Okay.
9: We don't need to have this conversation because yeah. everybody accepts everybody else for who they are and what they are and how we're made.
0: Yeah, yeah.
9: but that's unfortunately not how do you
1: No, and uh, like I don't like this pledge. I, I don't like the idea that a business has to make a pledge, and I wouldn't want a business to make any kind of pledge. You know, it's like when I hear politicians, people will say, are you going to pledge not to do this or to do this? It sort of limits and kind of boxes people in. Mm-hmm. Okay? So this is where you know, I'm coming at this thinking to myself, okay, the other thing I, I have uh, an issue with is whenever you have like, group rights as opposed to individual rights, mm-hmm. and so that is a problem. I remember when I, when I first came to the United States, you know, here I was an immigrant, you know, but I wasn't treated like an immigrant because I didn't look or sound like an immigrant. Right. All right. So nobody knew I was from Canada to Australia to the United States. And so here I am. I've been in the country four years and affirmative action hit. And all of a sudden I can't, uh, I was applying for a job out at the airport and they said, I can't hire you because you're white. I have to hire, you know, black kids for this job. I think to myself, well, wait a minute. So now I'm thinking to myself, race had never occurred to me before I came to the United States. It wasn't a concept that ever, I ever had to deal with, okay? True. So now all of a sudden, here I am, I'm being grouped. So this started me in a process, I'm thinking for the rest of my life, because you know, me personally, I don't care who you are, I don't. You know, it doesn't, I don't. I don't like to do that, but as a group, all of a sudden now the group has an identity and the group has politics that go along with it. So if I said the cliche, some of my best friends are gay, which is true, now all of a sudden I'm thinking to myself, well now it sounds like a cliche. Right. So 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 now, now how do I say that and not have it sound like a cliche? So I wanted to try and get past the awkwardness that we have and see how we can. As was it Rodney King said, can't we all just get along? Right. So that's the main thing. So are people getting along in the Pensacola area?
9: Um, no. Okay. Uh, for the majority, I would say no, that they're not. This is a a very conservative. Okay. Very politically right area.
1: But there, there have to be conservative gay folks too. I mean, is that there safe? are
9: conservative gay folks. It's a minority. Okay. But it's, they're out there. Okay.
1: I right. so, <laughs> understand it. So, the, so, let's get into the big clash, which is religion. Okay. okay. So we got folks that are that are saying that, uh, um, you know, especially. Well, let's get into the, let's get into the court case. And so the court case was, we have here, right from the, the, uh, your website, gay, mm-hmm. uh in a narrow ruling on Monday, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that a baker may legally refuse service to a gay couple. That's not how I read it, and I don't think that's what they said. They said that the government can't prosecute these people for, you know, unequally. Uh, and so this is where one of, the pro- one of the problems comes in with this whole issue is, you know, to, like any issue, depending on how you call it, how it's characterized, uh, there are going to be different things. And so, to me, the the whole cake case, you know, revolves around: Can you require somebody to do something that they don't normally do? Mm-hmm. And so, if a, if a baker, you know, if it's a Christian baker, makes wedding cakes for for Christian weddings, uh, I mean, they may not make a, I don't know if they make wedding cakes for Jewish weddings. I don't know if they, they do that. I mean, I'm not sure because I don't know the case. I haven't got all the details in my head. Do they do cakes for Muslim weddings? You know, but for for as we're talking about, like you say, a world where where Gay marriage would be the same thing as marriage. This is where I'm going to disagree with you, and I'll tell you why in a little bit. But back to the case, you know, why is this such a such a bad thing? You know, was this done with this couple that went to this bakery to to push a political agenda, or is it because they just happened to be the nearest baker in town and they wanted a cake for their wedding?
9: Well, we'll never know what was actually in their minds when they did it. Okay. But it's my understanding that um, they were looking for a baker to bake their cake. Okay. So,
1: and then this baker said, mm, I don't really do that. I don't offer gay wedding cakes, but I can recommend you know, someone down the road who would be perfectly happy to help you out. Mm-hmm. That's, not, that's not a product that I offer. Would that have been okay?
9: Well, uh, there's no such thing as a gay wedding cake. Okay. It's a wedding cake. Okay. You know, you can choose to have them peach-colored flowers, it's still just a wedding cake. Okay. So the product is the product. I think the question is what upsets me about the ruling is the precedence that it has set. So now there's a precedence that anybody can go into anywhere and be refused service for any religious belief. So if I go to um, a privately owned flower shop that's run by Muslims, can they deny me service because I'm Christian? Can um, I be, you know, can the the Wiccan who's checking me out at Walmart deny me service because I'm Christian.
1: She explain what a Wiccan is for anybody that hasn't heard the term before.
9: <laughs> a Wiccan is, mistakenly is thought of as witches, but no, that's not what that is. Okay. Wiccans um, believe that their higher power is the earth and that we're all connected. And so that's how Kind they, of a
1: nature worship thing.
9: Kind of a nature worship thing, yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. Now, see, now I would look at this completely differently. And so as far as marriage goes, to me you know i go with the classic definition marriage is between a man and a woman mm-hmm. it's a unique word for a unique situation okay you know sanctioned by god licensed by the state all right and so when i hear so this is where we disagree okay which we can do that's 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 Absolutely. part of why we're here talking so so my perspective is i want to maintain the word marriage for what it is between a man and woman you know sanctioned by god licensed by the state the cultural value that we've held for throughout our history throughout world history. I I don't know how many societies, you know, don't have marriage as an institution, you know, somewhere along the way. So for, for all the generations ahead, for all the generations that have passed through back to our origins, this is a unique meaning and in law and in, in language and definition, I want to keep that the same. So the question is, can you have, you know, a, a, a gay union that is equivalent to a marriage, but doesn't use the exact same word.
9: Isn't that in itself discriminatory? I can live my life exactly the way you live yours and do exactly the things that you do, Mm -hmm. but I can't call it what you call it because there is a cultural norm accepted that uses that word. Now, when you say all the way back through our history, our is a relative term. There is indication of gay marriages, gay ceremonies, gay connections, uh, in early American Indian culture, in um, Filipino culture, in some of the older Asian cultures, it was not unusual at all to have, oh, well, I won't say it's not unusual. It wasn't, you know, the great minority. it was a minority. It was a minority, but, it was, it, it, was a minority, but yeah. it was accepted.
1: Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And so, yeah, that, uh, that brings up a, a whole, you know, you're talking about, uh, you know, rights and discrimination. Do people, is marriage a right? Let's get into that question. Because we're talking about marriage equality as being a right to marry. And I'm I'm reading literature and I'm thinking to myself, that's not a right, that's a contract. It's a contract between two people. A right is something that that I believe you you exercise individually.
9: Right. Well, is it a human right or is it a legal right? What kind of a right is it? Yeah. You know, and um, I don't, obviously it's a legal right for everyone in this country now, whether gay or straight.
1: And the Supreme Court made that ruling. I disagree with the Supreme Court, not just on this ruling, but a bunch of different rulings. Mm-hmm. Because in the Constitution, they don't have the power to do that. They do not have the power to make policy. They do not have the power to make law. And whether it's Roe v. Wade or a bunch of other issues, even things I agree with, you know, thinking right. to myself, you know, they, do they have the power to do that? And I don't have mm-hmm. a you know, bunch of cases off the top of my head. But the Supreme Court in all the federal courts, they are supposed to rule on cases under the Constitution, and mm-hmm. under law, but not change the law, not interpret the law, or interpret the Constitution. That delegated power was specifically left out of, uh, of their powers. So for the Supreme Court to say that all the states in, in the country have to authorize this marriage, I think that's a wrong decision.
9: But uh, they already say that all the states have to recognize straight marriage, So what's the? That's probably a problem
1: too. I still think it's a state issue. So do -hmm. you now? See, this would be news to me. Is there a court case that said that that you had the that the Supreme Court ruled that all states have to accept marriage?
9: I don't know that. I don't know that it's ever come up because it's been the social norm forever.
0: So.
1: Good point. In on this that, country. Yeah. On that point, we're going to take a break. If you want to join us in our conversation, 850-623-1330, we'll get to the pledge when we come back, but I wanted to get the background in. 850-623-1330, Donna Stiles, my guest, and we are going to be back on Action Radio with Greg Penglis, <sighs> 819. <laughs> it's going to be an interesting day. We'll be right back. I just, I just know we have folks out there that are, that are dying to check in and, uh, and give your opinion. And, again, as long as it's respectful, I don't care how strong your opinion is. 1330 WEBY, Northwest Florida's Talk Radio. Number here 850 is 850-623-1330, 850-623-1330. My guest, Donna Stow, uh, co-founder of the Gay Grassroots of Northwest Florida. And so we talked about a bunch of stuff over the break. We're going to have to get everybody caught up. So we're talking about religion a little bit, and you said you're a Christian. Yes, absolutely. Okay. okay. And there's no conflict.
9: Not for me. <laughs> yeah, sounds, okay,
1: but because there are people that say you, you know, you can't be gay and Christian because the Christian Church says gay is being gay is an abomination. So, mm-hmm. so then what do you do?
9: Well, the first thing that I do is say I don't have to define myself for anybody. The relationship that I have is between me and God. Okay. Um, the second thing is that you said the Christian Church, and there is a difference between church and God, church and religion. Church is. Uh, an institution mm-hmm. it's not a relationship um, I often have the Bible quoted to me uh, with scriptures that they have picked through and chosen the ones that they want and generally there are several things that I like to point out yeah. one is that yes the Bible in the Bible didn't come from God um and being raised Southern Baptist one thing that I learned was that if God said it it's in red well, doesn't say anything about homosexuals in red in the Bible. Okay. Um, the most famous scripture that gets thrown at me is from Leviticus that a man should not lay with a woman, a man should not lay with another man. Okay. Sorry. Um,
1: of course they have, but I'm sure no.
9: Just yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oops, forty Yeah. Um. But they tend to not read the rest of that book in the okay. Bible because it also says that you don't mix um, color, don't mix clothing, you don't mix fabrics, you don't eat shellfish, you don't cut your hair, you don't, um, you can't approach the altar of God if you have a default in your sight. All of these things are in the exact same book where it says a man doesn't lay with a man. So why aren't you preaching those scriptures? Why aren't the people sitting at the seafood restaurant down on the bay not burning in hell eating crabs and shellfish?
0: So, yeah.
1: It's a variable thing. And this is why I've always had a problem. uh, You don't find me in church a lot. Um, I just, for some reason, I just... First of all, I'm like ADHD to the maximum. I can't sit still that long. Right. You know, I can, I can write a, a, an article before I can read one. I'm one right. of those kind of people. So, But church, it just I always figured that I don't need the middle person. And right. If I want to talk to God, I'm going to talk to God directly. Uh, and so that has always worked for me to, to be able to do that. But I know there are conflicts, and it's always a great question, is where does you know God leave off and, and the church begin? And so it's, it's, that's where it starts to get confusing. Uh, all right, let's get. To, so we got a little bit of time here before we get to um, the the uh, before the bottom of the hour news break. So now that we sort, of, I don't think we completely finished the the whole. You know, do we finish the cake decorating whole issue? Because I think yeah. a couple more points I want to bring up on that. You know, the idea of of requiring someone to do that. So because of that case, you want to have a pledge. You want businesses to say that they are, you know, friendly um, towards. You know, anybody of LGBT and with the other initials, I think I forgot the other ones. Yeah.
9: LGBTQIA.
1: There we go. Now, if a, business, <laughs> if a business doesn't do that, you know, what does that say about them? And if a business does, what does it say about them? Do they, do they want, is this going to be like a card in their window? We say we are, you know, there's a big rainbow flag. We've, we've taken the pledge or for businesses that don't do it. It can be. You know, are you going to say that uh, this business has not signed the pledge? Therefore, <laughs> you know, we don't think they're friendly. This is why I promise the pledge. Right. Because it puts people in in an awkward position who just want to carry on their business. Um,
9: I'll tell you that I heard when you were promoing this this morning, one of the things that you said was that you did not like that we were requiring businesses to do this. And there is absolutely no kind of requirement. We didn't knock on doors. We didn't say we expect you to do this. We put it out there on the Internet, and people hit on it. And almost uh, every hit that we had was spontaneous. We didn't directly approach people. I did a couple of my friends, but other than that, no but um we are going to be offering uh stickers for them to put in their windows saying we do not discriminate like you've seen on the news and some of the other businesses since okay. the court case but we have absolutely no intention of going after any business and saying they refused to sign our pledge. That's not what we're about. We're about opening up the dialogue and opening up okay. the relationship, not shutting things down and making them worse. Okay.
1: That's good. Because, uh, you know, as I say, I was just, I don't like pledges in general. You know, I I've, I've even questioned the Pledge of Allegiance on this show. You know, if in a free I society, I bet that was
0: popular. It, no, it wasn't. No, but
1: it's, I'm not trying to be popular all the time. I'm trying to deal with issues. That, I'm trying to talk about things that nobody wants to talk about, in a way that allows us to do it. Right. And so this is this is not an issue that I know incredibly well. I have, you know, just because, just because, you know, uh, you know, how to, how to, how is a gay person do you know what a straight person's like, and how is a straight person do you know what a gay person's like?
0: Exactly. You know,
1: even if you, you know, and why so, does it matter? Good question. Even those sort who of have experimented still. Well, here's the bit of a good question. You know, when did you first realize uh, that you were a gay person?
9: I realized I was different when I was about six. Okay. Um, everybody was asking me, do I have a boyfriend? Do you have a boyfriend? You know, in the first grade, like you always do, the little kids. Yeah. And uh, I thought, no, I have a girlfriend. Yeah. And I got a reaction to that that was you know, terrified me, but... You know, when when you think differently in a small town in central Alabama, you don't you don't talk about it.
0: <laughs> That's what I'm about today. I think we're gonna we're gonna come
1: back to the news and find out. Because I remember, you know, when I first notice this, this gorgeous strawberry blonde with big blue eyes. Yeah. You know, her name was Julie, and I was five years old. You know, right. <laughs> we, were, we were kids. And so this goes back to the early childhood. So this is, mm-hmm. you, know, we can, you know, people say that there are those things that you can be conditioned out of this mm-hmm. and, you know, psychologically analyzed out of it. I don't think so.
9: Right. And you never had to stop and think, Do the fact that I think that Julie is so pretty, is that wrong? Yeah. Well, no, you never had to stop and think that, but I did.
1: Yeah. And that's what makes us different. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. We've got news coming up here in just a little bit, and so we're going to come back and talk more about this issue. We're going to get into the pledge. We've got a caller. Jeff, will get to you. I wanted to give you more time, so uh, we shall talk about this when we come back with uh, Donna Stout, my guest from the uh, uh, gay grassroots of Northwest Florida. Here we go. talked about is, is like gay travel which is a huge industry. Then in San Francisco there were like entire hotels set up for this. My guest Donna Stout, we're, we're going over some of the things that uh, especially the, the gay grassroots of Northwest Florida business fairness pledge should businesses take this or not. You want to call in 850-623-1330? 850-623-1330. Let's go to Jeff who has been waiting patiently. Jeff, you're on the air. Go ahead.
3: Good morning, Greg and Donna. Good morning. Good morning. Um, my wife and I are from New York um we my wife had plenty of uh gay and lesbian friends. I even have a stepbrother an older stepbrother that 's gay so i we 've been you know it was at one time it was a lot more prominent up north okay when we moved here after I retired out of the military we before my wife was terminally ill, we kind of partied quite a bit from Pensacola all the way to Destin and no matter where we went lesbian women always approached my wife and asked to have sex with her. Um,
1: Does that totally know, We both have had one wedding
3: lady? rings on. Um, we were together. Um, it, it, gay men didn't come up to me. And I'll leave that for comment. And the other thing is how do you feel about gays in the military?
1: Good questions. Thanks, Jeff. All right, bye. Appreciate it. Yeah, so let's, let's talk about... Uh, First part, and then we'll get to the military.
9: Okay. Well, always is a big turn. That means every single time he went out, a lesbian approached him, which is kind of strange, especially, and and I'm certainly not saying that this didn't happen. But in an area like this, especially if it wasn't extremely recently, um, this area is so closeted for someone to be that bold I would Especially happen multiple wow. times I would
1: be very you know very curious as to why that would have happened multiple yeah. times. you know we talked about this you know when we talked previously that there were times when and I remember some of the folks in San Francisco were telling me that it wasn 't that long ago where you had to actually speak in codes and there were signals yes. and if you want to talk we got to bri going to get you in just a bit, but I want to cover this and we'll cover the military, right. but talk about how you know communication was like secret
9: yeah, communication was very secret there were um there were code words, there were uh, movements, symbols, things that you said or did, the way you asked the question would, yeah. would let somebody know, and, and you would know by the answer that you got whether they knew what you were talking about or not, whether or not it was real. It was, it was very similar to, uh, you know, the Christian uh, fish symbol, that that's how you knew when you were okay. talking to another Christian, during you know, when the Christians were being persecuted so terribly, and... We developed the same kinds of things years and years ago, before me, before my time. Yeah. But uh, I, just, I just find that amazing what he said, because even in gay bars, it's extremely rare for someone to, a woman to go up to another woman and just ask to have sex. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that, that,
1: that, there had to be some interesting circumstances that, you know, I don't know if we go into all the details of particular yeah. on that. I, yeah. I would
9: kind of speculate to say that it was more about the sex than it was about the lesbianism in that particular case.
1: Something's going on. But, you know, it's hard to fake it. Like I said, we can't because we don't know all the details. All right. right. Military. Gays in the military. Uh,
9: I feel the same way about gays in the military that I do about, you know, gays in Waffle House. Okay. You know? So? <laughs> okay. I I'm just waiting for the rest of it. I'm thinking
1: to myself, this is a great lead-up. I, I, there's got to be something coming out of this. Right. Yeah. And no. if,
9: you know, if you took all of the gays out of the military, mm-hmm. um, we'd, we'd have a very small fighting force.
1: Has anybody figured... Any kind of experiment as to how, or stat, uh, a way to determine how many, because not everybody's going to say I'm gay. I'm in the military, you know. Because a lot. Of oh people no, are even, say, now. Yeah, even now. Even now, however open it is, so is it like percentage? Has that ever been documented? <laughs>
9: No, well, you can't document something if people don't tell you that that's. That's our nice It's just bit, like documenting it in the census. It's only been yeah. very, very recently that that was ever part of the census, and now, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, it's not again.
1: So. I know. And we've always had gay people serving, and so for, for me, because I'm not a military expert, I didn't serve, so I can't speak qualitatively on on, on morale and everything else like that. To me, it seems like you always want the best people, and if you have the best people qualified to do the job, and you know, I mean, I couldn't fly jets because I wore glasses. Right. To this day, I'm mad at that, but I, I didn't fit the criteria. Okay, so you know I can the, tell
9: you this: if I'm in a foxhole and somebody is shooting at me, I don't care who's beside me as long as they're shooting back.
1: Yeah, and as long as they're good at it, you know, exactly. yeah, that makes sense to me. Let's get to Brad. You're on the air with uh, with Donna. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, a couple of issues uh, on the Leviticus issue, uh, Donna. The reason God put those warnings in the Bible was back in the day uh, to warn the people of the health issues that were involved in those different uh, items. You mentioned the shellfish or the uh, animals with cloven hooves and men laying with men. So the big issue I wanted you to understand, and it's documented, is that uh, gay lifestyles, both physically and mentally, are a very, very dangerous, very dangerous lifestyle. It's proven And then secondly, it's not so much, Donna, that we, uh, people like me, I really don't care. I've got people work for me that are, you know, maybe homosexual. That's not even an issue for me. It's the militant uh, indoctrination side of your uh, group that is pushing the agenda that is making us simple people that don't really care one way or the other what you do in your bedroom or your lifestyle that is causing us to, uh, to despise that kind of activity, because we just do not like to be told how we're going to think, and we're not. I don't care how you live your life, just don't tell me I have to like it. But the main thing about the Leviticus is the health thing, so that's what I had to say. Thanks, Greg and Donna.
1: Oh, good points. Good points. I'm glad you brought those up. Actually, uh, that's something I was kind of alluding to, but I think uh, Brad just made it a lot more direct. In, in other words... You know, as individuals, if we can get along, that's fine. But when it comes to uh, an agenda, do, you know, at what point does it become forced on other folks? But that's how you make, you know, that's how the issues get discussed. Do you want to respond to? And we've got we've got the lifestyle is dangerous and uh, and the attitude. You want to respond to um, those?
9: Yeah, I, I do. Um, and I can understand where it would be an unhealthy lifestyle, particularly um, because it's in Leviticus. It says that. Um, if you work on Sunday, that you should be put to death. So that would be extremely unhealthy. We're, but we're not going to settle Bible as...
1: arguments here. That's,
0: <laughs> that's, that's, that's for another show. But, yeah. but <laughs> yeah.
9: uh, as far as an unhealthy gay lifestyle, I'm, I can only assume that you're talking about the AIDS epidemic. And actually the truth is that um, the spreading of AIDS right now is growing much quicker in the heterosexual community than it is in the gay community. And as a matter of fact, I don't know today, but two years ago, um, black women followed by men of color were the fastest growing group as far as spreading AIDS was concerned, oh, So, yeah. and that's um, heterosexuals, not gays. So.
1: Okay. And last point, uh, your militant attitude.
9: I don't think that I'm militant agenda. at all. Yeah. I,
0: was,
9: I was having a discussion with someone else about what it means to be militant this morning, and... Militant, to me, is uh, threatening, Okay. and and I don't think that we're threatening at all, and I don't think that we are trying to tell anyone how to think. We're just asking that we be allowed to act and live as normally and um, in the same way, in the same day-to-day life that everyone else okay. does, and I don't think that that's militant at all.
1: Yeah the like i say the biggest disagreement i have is, is you know marriage for which i want to keep as it is and that if if marriage if the definition changes then every marriage that exists that definition changes to something broader than what it is now
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, and so that's why you know for me preserving that but i don't want to see any situation where, where gay couples can't be together. I don't want to do that. This doesn't make sense. I don't want to see rights denied in terms of like, like hospital visitations, power of attorney, all those, you know, things like that. We haven't even yeah. talked about gay divorce yet, but, or, you know, because right. that's enough. You know, if, you, if there's marriage, there's divorce, and that gets into it, too.
9: Well, you know, there was a time when not all that many years ago when a black couple couldn't legally marry Yeah. in this country. Yeah. So yeah. You know, and straight or gay.
1: <laughs> yeah. It, as I see it. As long as it's a man and a woman, it falls under the definition of marriage. You can't discriminate on race on that regard. That's how I would answer that. All right, let's get to, I think Kay is next. Uh, Kay, why don't you go ahead? Good Hello?
7: morning. Good morning. Um, is it Greg? Yes. Hey, Greg. You're
1: on the air. This, this is, is this a Hey.
7: Donna, yeah. You, um, I missed most of this. But I heard you say that you what you're gay and um, or do you practice it?
9: <laughs> I, I don't know how to practice it. Uh, I don't. Um, usually, when someone says, and I'm not putting words in your mouth, but usually when someone says, "Are you practicing gay?" that means, "Am I having sex?" But being gay is not about sex any more than. Being heterosexual is about sex. Uh, Being gay is who I am. It's how I was born. It's how God made me, and that is who I am. So if I never have sex again, I'm still just as gay as I was the last time I had sex. So that really doesn't have anything to do with it. So in answer to your question, I practice being gay the same way Greg practices being heterosexual every single day.
1: Yeah, and it is a funny thing you don't think about your identity twenty four hours a day. No, you know,
9: I'm so. definitely i n- I'm defined by so many more things than simply the fact that I'm a lesbian.
1: Yeah, I'm a goofy radio guy that sits here with big glasses and a mustache and go. does all kinds of things. Let's get to Harry and I'm gonna probably have to take a break after that. Harry, go ahead. You're on the air, Harry.
8: Um uh, just wanna thank you. Hey, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Hey, um just wanted uh thank you, you know, for coming on and being open to this and all. Um uh, but Uh, Earlier on, I heard you say something about, you know, in the Bible and people quoting scriptures and, you know, what God said and God didn't say anything about, you know, homosexual uh, relations and what God said is in red. And also that, you know, all scripture wasn't from God, that, you know, only the stuff in red was from God. Um, Are you familiar with uh, Matthew chapter 19, verse 4 through 6?
9: Not without you
8: telling me what it says, I mean, Yeah, and like
1: I said, I don't want to have an entire Bible, Bible discussion. We we're not Bible scholars here.
8: So not. Yeah, okay, well, just real quick, I mean, it's written in red. You can look in any Bible that has the letters in red from God. And Jesus said, you know, have you not read that at the beginning the Creator made them male and female and said, for this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, mm-hmm. and the two will become one flesh. Right. So, you know, I mean, nowhere all throughout the Bible, there's nowhere that you see god condoning or supporting or you know
0: but what do backing
8: you, up what do you anything that's good yeah that comes out of homosexual relationships and also real quick second timothy chapter three says that all scripture is god breathed it's all inspired everything in the bible comes from god it's all inspired you know from god's own his own being okay and well,
1: that's okay listen i appreciate you know, it Harry. thank you very much uh-huh. yeah I mean, let's, let's tackle some of these because this is a common thing. I mean, people, this, they're absolutely, their are sincerest beliefs are mm-hmm. that, that uh, you know, the fact that you exist is, is wrong. And right. and my contention is that if God didn't want gay people, there wouldn't be gay people. So, there, there, right. you know, that, that's how I, I look do. at it. So, but even, even if I disagree with, especially on the marriage issue and other issues, it doesn't matter. I mean, as I told you before, without gay people, this country would not be what it is. There'd be something missing. It'd be mm-hmm. missing if there weren't black people. It'd be missing if there weren't Canadian immigrants like me. You know, so everybody adds something to the country. We have to take a break. And so we're going to get our next call in just a little bit. Take 47 here. Uh, Donna Stiles, my guest. And you'll listen to the Action Radio Hour with Greg Pangloss on 1330 WEBY Northwest Florida's Talk Radio. We'll be back. Ganesh, my guest. We are talking all kinds of issues. We started with the, the business pledge uh, from uh, let's get my organization here, uh, Gay Grassroots of Northwest Florida. We haven't called the business, haven't had a business call yet for anybody on that. You want to respond to Harry, uh, and, yeah. then I got a, and then I got another call I want to get. Yeah. to. Yeah,
9: just real quickly, I wanted to respond to Harry. And uh, first of all, I don't disagree with anything that Harry said as okay. far as the Bible is concerned. Yes, God did create man and woman. Um, he didn't say that that was exclusively the way the relationship had to go, but yes, he did create man and woman, and mm-hmm. he did intend for them to procreate. In my opinion, um, the other thing. Otherwise, that, he would have made it fun, right? Um, he also. <laughs> Sorry, I can
1: resist.
9: Harry also said. Uh, that all of the words of the Bible were inspired by God, and they are inspired by God, but they're interpreted by man. And inspiration and interpretation are two very different things.
1: Which is why I don't do shows with the Bible, because I'm not an expert and I can't, I can't you know, just give enough of a qualified opinion. Let's get to uh, Captain Jimbo, who's calling in now. Hey, Jimbo.
4: Good morning. Just a quick thing. I had a situation where uh, a couple, you know, gay couple wanted to get married, and they wanted me to do it out of an airplane. And I, I, I said, I'll take you skydiving, no problem. And they were very forceful, very adamant about, I want you to perform our wedding. I said, look, I'm a Roman Catholic. I grew up in a Catholic orphanage. I just have, you know, my own value system, and I'm a Marine captain, and I just have different values. And they were forcing me to do it. And and this was such a simple situation. I just said, look, I can't assure that this old guy I'm putting you with is going to be able to hang on to you guys because he's old, he's feeble, and you're going to go to 14,500 feet if you slip out of that harness. I said, you know, you're going to sign this waiver. And they backed out of it. They weren't as committed to this as, uh, as they thought they were. As soon as I mentioned that there could be some danger, they could lose their life, they, they kind of forgot all the principles about gayness, and they decided, hey, wait, maybe this isn't really what I want to do. But they were trying to force me to do something that I didn't believe in. Now, that's not the dive. I would take them in my airplane all day long. i take people for rides. I rides. Some of my best friends are gay. But I don't want to perform a wedding that's the issue, and that, that upset me.
1: Understandable. Thanks, Jim. Okay. Let's get a response. Um, Donna?
4: Yeah.
9: Um, I have a much, I don't really have a big problem with the fact that you didn't want to perform the wedding. I mean, if you don't be- believe in gay marriage, then you don't believe in gay marriage. But I don't know exactly what you mean by they tried to force you. Um, really. Force is a. I mean, I'm sure that they tried to persuade you, and and I understand that, and that's what that means. Um, I would say that they abandoned their principles because they opted not to when you told them about their safety concerns. I I stand for a lot of of principles, and I have been in dangerous situations. However. I'm not going to walk into a situation where I have just been told that I may die, and I'm going to stay in there and fight on a principle. So if you told me I couldn't survive, I probably would too.
0: Hmm.
1: Okay. Um, yeah. I'm just uh, getting uh, all kinds of stuff here, but it's, it's interesting. Um, this is. I think this gets back to the the whole wedding cake thing. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know, in other words, mm-hmm. is it worth? Pushing a particular business to do something they don't normally do. You know, could I go to a Muslim bakery and demand hot cross buns for Easter? Right. you know, kind of thing, as opposed to saying, well, wouldn't it be easier just to go somewhere else? And this is what I'm questioning. Do we want to force businesses to to take a pledge, you know, that they're signing something that when in all circumstances they may have somebody from the LGBT community who's roaring drunk, comes in, causes all kinds of trouble and they say, Well I've got this pledge They so, Well you signed the pledge, you gotta serve me you know, and they might be dangerous to other customers.
4: Mm-hmm. So there's
1: all these extenuating circumstances that mm-hmm. I just object to these blanket pledges where you don't really You're in a position where you can't define what might happen in the future. Let's get to uh, Marshall right now. Marshall, go ahead.
6: Yes. uh, When it comes to the militantism, um, how about Lambda where their stated goal is sex before eight or it's too late? And then when it comes to heterosexuals, and you specifically mentioned the black community that are getting AIDS. That is because of the prison system, and it's not because they're heterosexual, it's because they're bisexual. When they're in prison, they're going to have sex, and there's only one person to have sex with because we separate the boys and the
4: girls, and when they get out, they go back to their women. These are facts. It ain't that heterosexuals are getting AIDS. It's passed
6: on by homosexual men.
1: Okay. Let's, uh, Let's get a response.
9: Uh, actually, statistically, um, the growing age group is not in, or the growing AIDS epidemic, is not rampant in the prison system, as much so as it is out into in the public, um, in the public. I'm sorry, I got distracted. <laughs>
1: uh, okay. This is probably, this is a challenging show for all of us, just because it's not something we right. talk about on a regular basis. But
9: when you're talking about the sheer number of people who, as as quickly as the academic, epidemic is still growing, mm-hmm. even though people think that it's not, as quickly as it is still growing, just the sheer numbers of it tell you that that's not based on the prison system. Otherwise, we would have to have a huge percentage of our country in the prison system much more so than really is actually there. Yeah.
1: You know, it's interesting. I had a, a prison chaplain on um, several months ago, and one of the things he told me is that everybody gets out, or most everybody mm-hmm. gets out of prison at some point. Right. So we have to, whatever you, you know, if we create a society in prison that is so different from the outside mm-hmm. world, people are never going to adapt to it. You know, right. It's, it's And
9: the other thing that I'd like to bring up is when, when I tell you that the statistic for, black women is growing. It is much more difficult for lesbians to give AIDS to each other than it is during heterosexual sex. It's much more easily transmitted during heterosexual sex than lesbian sex. Therefore, to say that uh, women are getting it more because they're gay doesn't make any sense because they would be getting it through heterosexual sex.
1: We have a lot of issues that we we have to uh, resolve here or at least find a middle ground on. I think... Because we only have a little bit of time left. I think part of the reason I wanted to have you on is, is there's, you know, there's extremes on on both sides. Mm-hmm. There are people that, uh, you know, that believe that, uh, you know, straight people should, you know, there's all kinds of conditions there. You know, we right. don't want the, the breeders. We don't want those people around us. You know, and, <laughs> uh, and there are, are very devout people who who just, you know, would be happy if gay people didn't exist. Okay, mm-hmm. that's not going to help us. I think what is going to help us is is finding a way you know, to sort of work through things. And even when we disagree, like I say, I'm never going to you know, bend on the marriage question. I don't, I still want to keep that as a unique thing because, you know, just for, for tradition because it has been. Um, but there's the, and I still don't have a problem with, um, I think, you know what, we're out of time. <laughs> but Donna, thank you very much. We'll have to do this again. Sure. And so, but uh, there's, we've got to work through these issues and we'll see what we can do. and Let's keep talking.
0: Okay.
9: Sound good? Thank you. Thank
1: Radio. Dangerously cool. Greg Penglis here for my book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction. Everyone at some point in their life wants to learn how to fly. Few try. Even fewer go on to get a license. I believe a major reason for that is how we teach people how to fly. You can incorporate these principles into your own flight training at any time. The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction is featured on the Action Radio with Greg Panko's Facebook page and is available from Amazon.com. Well, that sounds good. Even better. Okay, how about your car? If you want the best service for your vehicle, please talk to James at Florida Stores Automotive. Conveniently located at 6715 Caroline Street in the historic district of Milton, Florida. Right between the Milton Bakery and the Blackwater Trail. Whether you need an oil change or an entire engine replaced, this is the place. The phone number is 850-623-6651. That's 850-623-6651 call, ask questions, and get the information you need. Florida Stores Automotive is a full-service automotive shop for both domestic and imports, modern and classic, It is a family-owned business here in our Milton community. Open weekdays from 7.30 to 5 p.m., Florida Stores Automotive is a convenient place to keep your car maintained and on the road. Ask them about Firestone Tires and the rotation and maintenance plan. Florida Stores Automotive. I go there. You should, too. Do you know your way around health care, insurance, pharmacies, surgery, alternative treatments and choices? I don't, which is why I'm so glad I met Priscilla Romans, had her on Action Radio, and learned about health patient advocacy. She is the founder of Great Care. at gracecare.adm at gmail.com or call them at 469-864-7149. That's 469-864-7149. Gracecare, better health through better knowledge and advocacy.